With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. Today, we are going to be taking a closer look why video game companies are releasing so many high-quality, successful games, but are unfortunately laying off their employees in, like, record numbers. Two things can be true. There's never been a better time to play and enjoy video games. True. Also true, there's never been a worse time to be in the video game industry. Yeah. How does it work? I don't know, but we're going to dig into it. Yeah, it's not not the, the funnest thing, but... Something that we should talk about, and um, hopefully we can get to the bottom of what, why, why this is going on. Yeah. Yes. Um, as always, everything that we do on this channel is made possible by our wonderful Patreon subscribers. Thank you so much for all of your support. If you'd like to join us, we are patreon.com slash Kit and Krista. When we say that Patreon makes it all possible, we have a real proof point for that today. Uh, yes. Maybe you've noticed it sounds a little echoey in here today. Background looking a little sparse. <laughs> Big news for us is that we are moving into a new space. Yay! Wow. It's been about a, a little over a year and a half since we started this grand adventure yeah. together. Um, building an amazing, incredible community that we couldn't ask for, you know, a better um all of you guys are just amazing, so we couldn't have asked for a better community. And we've been doing this all out of my mom's spare bedroom. So it's true. A teeny tiny room that has been great because it was free. Um, but now we've really outgrown the space. And we want to, of course, keep doing more things for all of you, creating more content, doing more things together. Um, and it is time for us to take the exciting step of leaving the nest of my mom's house and moving yeah. into our own space. Yeah, we, I think we've both been, you know, looking back and, you, see, you know, it's been about a year and a half since we started making content. I think it was closer to two years that we started taking real steps of, like, bringing stuff over here. Yes. So, you know, it's been a long time and, you know, things have really grown and changed. And uh, I think this is going to bring a lot of positives for all of you. Right. Um, you know, just one example of that is, you know, this is a little bit far, a bit of a far drive for us to get to. So there was kind of a cap on how much stuff we could do together. And we have a mm-hmm. great solution for recording things remotely. Yeah. But I think we'd all agree, like, it's better when we're, you know, in the same room doing stuff. So this is yeah. going to make that easier. Mm-hmm. Um we would have to like physically rearrange yeah. the room if we wanted to do anything other than sitting at, at this table, table doing a podcast, which was right. just getting to be a drag. So yeah. now we have space. It's in a great place. Yeah. Um, we're, we're feeling very we're feeling really energized. Good. We're feeling very excited about the future. Yes. It's wonderful. 
Yeah, the other thing that I have just been feeling a little bit bummed out about, and I kind of feel like sometimes you tell me like I'm a deadbeat this week. Like I, I definitely feel like a deadbeat for like two years on this, <gasps> on this, what? on this particular aspect of what we do, which is streaming. Oh, like yes. you poor thing have had to really take like the brunt of figuring out how this all works. We have a very complex streaming setup because we are recording from two different locations. And like, there's all these issues that happen that are very frustrating. Um, we've had to cancel streams because technically it just did not work. I've had to be a chat bot, which was weird and fun, but also like not it. ideal. I didn't mind um, In our new space though, we actually get to stream together. Yeah, we'll stream, we'll stream together. We'll get to play games It'd be great. together. You can actually play the game. I can actually play the game. Yes. We can play like multiplayer games right. in the same room like we used to. Like right. that was what we used to love to do. Like shocker, like we like to play video games together. Um, and we want to share that with you guys. The so. other fact is so this, this house and this room, like many of your mothers, the home doesn't have the best internet. Oh my gosh. Mom internet is is a thing. My mom's internet it's is a condition the worst. that internet has. It's not great. Yeah. There was like moments where we've had to do a very quick turn yes. video. Like something happened. Something breaking like, news. Breaking news. We want to make a video to talk about it. And we wanna we need to upload it like immediately. Right. And it would be like I would have to sit next to the the router, basically. Downstairs. We'd like we'd get it done in the morning, but the video could not release until the afternoon. I know, literally, because yeah. we were just sitting here twiddling our thumbs like losers. Right, right, right. So, anyways, the point is, is that our new space and and being able to move to a proper space with a studio, just lets us. Like it just opens us up for so many more cool things yeah. that we can do together for all of you, and we're just so excited about it. It's gonna be great. So this is actually the final thing mm -hmm. right here, this video that we are filming in this, in this room. room. So it yes. is a little bit bittersweet. Yes. Um, you know, really come to love this space. And you know, seeing, I think a lot of you enjoyed it as well, but yeah. hope to create something new and equally wonderful yeah. in the new place. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's gonna be a little bit sad. We've been saying goodbye to my mom for like two weeks. And she is definitely sad. <laughs> now you have no reason to visit your dear mother That's not ever true. again. <laughs> That's not true. You brought her a nice gift today. I brought her a great gift. Yes. yes. So it's very sweet. Um, I think she'll miss us. But we'll definitely be back. We'll, we, we have like, we want everyone to do a cooking video. Th this or, is a great place to do or this. Or some other yeah. kinds of videos here. We yeah. wanted her to have her back on camera to do some sort of like, music type video because she's a piano teacher yeah. as you guys know so that would be really fun um so we'll be back this is not the last if you've seen of mama yang she is here very um, true very supportive but she is here yeah yeah so after we finish this we're packing up the rest of of this and driving off to the new place yes, yes. so one other thing that we have on the way you can look forward to this it's still a tiny tiny bit of ways off but last year we did a great video, which was, can we get a street pass in the year 2022? Mm -hmm. A year has passed. Street pass is still a thing. Mm -hmm. We're doing the same video. Can you get a street pass in 2023, but with a few wrinkles? Yeah, we are going to continue to do these videos until the year 2035, unless the Switch 2 <laughs> has street pass, in which case we're going to have a giant street pass meetup. Um, but this time, so last time when we did can you get a street pass in 2022? Our thought was like, let's go to a place where there are people and there's potentially like a video game, like a GameStop yeah. or something like that. Yeah, went that to the was, mall. 
that was our plan when we went to the mall. We did not get a street pass that time. This time we were like, okay, we need a higher concentration of, of our peoples that love, you know, video games, that love like, you know, um, things around adjacent to video games. Game adjacent. Anime, yes. comic books. Where do we go for that? We decided to go to San Francisco, Japan town, which has lots of little shops, a lot of different sort of nooks and crannies where there are sort of these kinds of um, people and, and, and things that maybe someone would have a street pass. We'll, ha we'll have their 3DS with them. Did we get a street pass? You're going to have to watch the video. Do not spoil to it. find out. Yes. And we refused to do like the shooting the fish in the barrel method of like, let's just get it at PAX. Like, that's yeah. fine. We do, we do bring our 3DSs to PAX to get street pass from our friends, but like, that's too easy. You know, you want the thrill of the street pass hunt. Every year that passes, street passes probably get harder to get mm. is the truth because we get further away from the 3DS. Okay, one, one funny thing happened that is not a spoiler for this video. You saw, you saw like an 11 year old kid and you were like, oh, I'll bet he's street passing. And it's like, this kid was not alive when the 3DS came out. He already doesn't know what a 3DS alive. is. He doesn't care. He does care. He just got out of the Five Nights at Freddy's movie. No. He's going to go drink some, some Logan Paul Prime. Oh, man. And he's on He's on with his life. He is not street passing. That was so he was, funny. He was in a store looking <laughs> at Pokemon. You've never been more out of touch. You've never been more he out of touch. He was at the store looking at Pokemon. Well, everybody so loves thought... Pokemon. Pokemon's still with us. It's always going to be with us. Street That's passing That's so stuff. sad. What are these kids doing these days with that, that they're not street They're chugging passing. Prime and going to Five Nights at Freddy's. Like There's the answer. a terrible life. There's the answer. Get with it. I feel sad for your, your the children of the day. This is like an old lady thing to say. <laughs> kids these days. You've never been more Get out of touch. Get off my Get off my lawn unless you have a street pass, We youngster. also, we did, this This was kind of, had nothing to do with the street passing. We made a great buy at Japantown, oh, which is Nintendo-related, not not game-related, though. Exactly. Yeah, we'll not spoil it, but I'm very excited that we have this. I have it. You have this, right? I'm going to bring it to the new office so we can have it. Good. There, so we can like, It's very cool. It. It's very cool. We'll, 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 we'll show it off uh, yes. again after that video comes yes, 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 yes. So you can look forward to that. Very exciting yeah. stuff. Yeah. We are moments away from our discussion of layoffs in the video game industry. But first, we got to shout out our sponsor. Another new sponsor. This episode is sponsored by Uncommon Goods. If you want to hear, where'd you get that this holiday season? Uncommon Goods is your secret weapon. Uncommon Goods is here to make your holiday shopping stress-free by scouring the globe for the most remarkable and truly unique gifts for everyone on your list. Whether you're shopping for your secret Santa or your entire family, Uncommon Goods knows exactly what they want. I made my very first holiday purchase holiday purchase of the year. Oh boy! On Uncommon Goods. Nice. For my mother. That's perfect. Mom, if you're listening, plug your ears. Oh. Uh, I got her this kind of book book reader set, I think it was. So okay. it, it's, it's like this wooden tray that has kind of like a like a pointy thing on it. So you, you can leave your book on your page there. Oh, I love it has, that. It has a cup holder. It has a little nook to put your glasses. My mom's always reading books. She's got just like sprawled out on a, on a uh, you know, a table. Yeah. No more. Now she can just like take the whole thing with her. Right, so like I, every, everything room. that I need for my reading session is all right and here. she won't lose her glasses. My mom loses right. her glasses all the time. Right, right. I lose my glasses all the time. Yeah. So now you can just put it next to your book. It was something I'd never seen before. Um, this is, you know, you think like, oh gosh, like, 
shopping for people, especially your family, it's hard. It's like right. I'm, I'm on year, everything. I'm on year whatever. I'm trying to yeah. buy something for so and so, but there is like a lot of different stuff on mm. on Common Good that I had yeah. not seen before. Right, they support a lot of artists and small independent businesses, which is I, I think why you're seeing so many unique gifts. I have a friend with a birthday coming up. You listen to this podcast, you do not listen to this part. Person, do friend. they know who it is? You've not mentioned them by name. I'm not going to, Good. but please don't. They might know because I, it's like a gift that is perfect for them. Anyways, um, I found this really beautiful piece of jewelry for them. They're always mm. looking. They, they have a very unique style. They're always looking for unique pieces of jewelry. Um, this one is they sort of do this thing where they encase your birth flower into this resin heart, and it becomes oh. a pendant. Wow. So it's really cool. It's really personal, really unique. I've never seen anything like that before. I think it's thoughtful. Hmm. Um, it's a very thoughtful and beautiful gift. And yeah, it was it was really easy to to get it in order. And I think it ships very quickly as well. So I'm getting in a couple days and I'll be all ready to go. Hmm. I'm sorry to inform you. I did not know what my birth flower is. I don't know what yours is either. But uh, yes, they have products that are high quality, unique, often handmade or made in the United States. And just you know, great stuff, like we were saying, that is hard to find elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And with every purchase you make, they give back a dollar to nonprofit partner of your choice. And they've donated more than two and a half million dollars to date. Wow. So to get 15% off your next gift, go to uncommongoods.com slash kitkrista. That's uncommongoods.com slash kitkrista for 15% off. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Uncommon Goods, we're all out of the ordinary. We'll put the link right over here and also in the description below. Don't sleep on your holiday shopping. Start now, people. All right. The story of layoffs in the video game industry. It's only right that we did our big... Game Awards nominations episode last week, which was a big celebration of all the great games that we have been enjoying this yeah. year, 2023. Maybe, maybe this is a future episode. Is 20 where does 2023 rank on the best years for video yeah, games ever? Absolutely, it's up there. Stacked, right? It's with up there. The amount of AAA games that we saw this year. Yeah, and I think it was like the day after we recorded that episode, it was the Bungie was layoffs, one. and that was yeah. what really you know, drove this whole other round of conversation around these layoffs. But frankly, these layoffs have been happening all year long. Right. From the very beginning of the year till now. And I hate to say it, there'll probably be more by the time the year mm -hmm. is up. Right, right. So it's just an unprecedented time for, you know, these companies to be making great games and to be selling them in record numbers, but at the same time be slashing the teams of the people who are yeah. actually making the things. Right, right. Which feels counterintuitive. Mm -hmm. doesn't feel right, but we'll talk a little bit more about who's impacted and then we have some some theories of, of why this is happening and and again if we if we were you know mr Mr. or Mrs. Big Boss, not the Metal Gear Big Boss. They got different problems. <laughs> they have more other issues. <laughs> what, what would we do to fix this? How do we fix this? Yeah, maybe for the big boss you don't care. Might be a little out of touch if you're the big <laughs> boss. If you're the big boss, know. you're lighting your cigar with your hundred dollar bill. I, I know. know. I don't know. I know. I don't. Maybe that's maybe that's part of the problem. Right. I don't know. Right. Right. So yeah. let's just go through a few of these. So Bungie, who is now owned by Sony, right? Noteworthy. Um, they had to lay off a bunch of people. You know, they were they were talking about how. Destiny, which is their big game, Destiny 2, has really fallen off, and mm -hmm. they were going to be really be struggling to meet um, their projections for the year. A huge 
miss 45% below right. their projections, which right. is a giant number. I'm not a Destiny player, but I know Destiny 2's been going for several years. I think mm -hmm. a common thread with some of these companies and these games is these are live service games that people are trying to extend forever to yeah. get people to pay money for forever. Mm -hmm. It's a hard thing to do. Right. Uh, another uh, company that Sony owns, Media Molecule, which is a smaller team, um, they've had to lay people off as well. And you wonder, like, well, so, like, so, what's the deal with Sony here? Like, they own these studios. They... Their games, their games business is one of their best businesses overall mm -hmm. at Sony. Um, like, but why, you know, are these studios being? Why do you, Why do you have to do layoffs? this? Isn't the point of being acquired? So oh, you don't. We get have it. security. Yeah, by a of, big company like of the Sony? big of the big company. Right. Thank goodness we don't have to worry about going like you know mm -hmm. month to month. Are we going to make it? Well, you do now. Um, you know, the, specific to Sony, yeah. and, and this happened. Um, Naughty Dog, they, they mostly laid off contractors, but a lot of the Sony, it seems to be like a Sony-wide initiative to do the, mm -hmm. like quote, a big belt, the belt tightening. Yeah, yeah. Just um, blame the economic concerns for it, you know? Right. And we've talked about this a lot this year, and I think really since we started this, which is like Sony's in this weird position where you would think they're on top of the world based on how things are going, but they... I think are on more unsettled ground than you might think, just because every game is such a big investment, investment and bet yeah. that if those do not pay off in the way they need to, it could be really damaging. And it could, from an outside perspective, look like it's paying off because the games do get right. like highly- Oh, fastest you know, selling yeah, PlayStation XYZ, game ever. right? Or like, you know, huge positive Metacritic right. scores, review scores. But those sales numbers are probably way more aggressive than you imagine it to be. Because, and the budgets. Because the budgets are. Sometimes you get a whiff of these the budgets charts. and it's like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, Yikes. to just break even yeah. on that, you would need significant um, you know, sales, sales. And I don't know if every single one of these big, huge budget games are meeting that metric. So it could be, yeah, it could be a lot shakier than you, than you would think. The canary in the coal mine for Sony for me is um, Sean Layden. Do you follow him on Twitter? He's the mm -hmm. former head yeah. of, of PlayStation. And anytime there's a story talking about, you know, AAA games are out of control, these budgets are getting unwieldy, there's so much risk involved. Like, he is always, like, quote tweeting that with, like, yep. <laughs> Sure, sure how I sure how things felt to me, like stuff like that. And yeah. It's like he knows, like he lived he this. He lived through this, yeah. So if he is out there saying that and putting that message out there, it's like, yeah, this is this is really dicey. Yeah. And not I mean, how sustainable is it? I don't know. I mean, they've been doing this, they've been they've avoided a huge dog of a game for several years now, but mm -hmm. at some point you can't always win that. You can't gamble, win. You can't right? always win. Yeah, right. exactly. Um, Microsoft, another, this is a big one. Another huge yeah. company. This was, this was much earlier in the year, laid mm -hmm. off a lot of people. Um, it was across the company. So it was right, not just the, the game studio game side, right, but, but games, still. games was affected. And mm -hmm. it, you know, it was like big studios like three, four, three, um, Bethesda. So, you know, there's no company that's really immune to this. And it almost feels like it's the opposite where it's like the bigger the company, the higher your risk is, Yeah, which is so again, counterintuitive. Right. Right. And, um, you know, I just found this list of like companies that have done layoffs this year and it's like, 
really like, long. Yeah, it's like, all right, we got uh, CD Projekt Red, we got Unity, we got EA, we got Ubisoft, we got Take-Two, we got Riot Games, we got, uh, uh, you know, all the, jeez, it just like goes it on and going. on and on. And then, and then you have tons of other like gaming, like the other side of the industry, like media. Right. Games media have also yeah. seen a huge sort of, yeah. sh uh, you know, huge wave right. of layoffs as well. And so that, just all across the board is... is that, that I will say, it has been sadly more consistent. Yes. Like the, the games media place being just a very unsteady place to be. Right. Um, that That's just sadly something that is continuing. Right. So, you know, it's like we're into like thousands of people who have lost oh, more than their that. job. Yeah, yeah. Um, this year. So, you know, I want to talk just a little bit about like wh why is this happening and, and why now? Yeah. Let's talk about that. Well, I think what you were saying before is a really good point is like a lot of these layoffs are happening with studios that have the, the live service games. Right. Where you, you, you get lulled into this thing where you're like, oh my God, this is the hottest game ever. It's the shiny Fort object theory. Fortnite is right. the hottest. Everyone's we gotta make playing a Fortnite. Fortnite. Oh my gosh, my we Fortnite? need to do it now. We need to like hot, massively hire tens of thousands of people to to do that and to keep our live service games going. But you know what? The cycle is always the same. Like things will ebb and flow, right? Things are going to fall out of popularity. Right. You know, that's just naturally how entertainment works. And if you don't account for that, I think, then you are in the situation where you cannot support a staff that you had brought on to do the things that are no longer a priority for the company or popular or making you the, you know, the money that you need to sustain your business. And then you get these like mass layoffs. It's very similar, I feel, to what happened with MMOs after World of Warcraft came right. out. Where it's like, oh my God, this is the amazing new thing. They're making yeah. money hand over fist. We got to do this. But the thing about these games, and the same with live service, is like if a game is made for you to spend every moment you have in it, then by design, only a handful of those can be winners. And the right. rest are going to be major losers. Right, right. So it's just not reasonable for so many people to say, I'm going to make this game, and it's going to be great, and I'm going to make all this money, when the player base just can't sustain it. And frankly, it's very expensive and resource-intensive to make a game and keep feeding it content like that as well. Mm -hmm. Like not everybody's cut out to do that. A lot of people, a lot of companies shouldn't even try. Right. And the thing that happens, I think, is you get your your entire business is dependent on this one thing. Yeah. So now you've not diversified your workforce. You've not diversified your, your business strategies. And once that one thing, your one thread is cut, there is no fallback. You know what I mean? Like it's not like you, you can pivot to the other thing that you've already yeah. also put equal resources right. into as, as your safety net. You right. don't have a safety net. So, um, so speaking yeah. of Sony, like they have been talking about how many live service games they have in development. And this is, you know, a major point of concern for them, I think, going forward and should be. I do wonder now that they're going under new leadership, are they going to reassess and yeah. say, hey, is this the right move? I mean, not a lot of these games have been announced yet. Mm -hmm. And the... Um, the Naughty Dog Last of Us live service game seems to not be happening now. Right. Like, 
that could be a good like last second save if they're like, actually, we're not going to do a dozen live service games. Yeah, based yeah. on what's happening. Should reevaluate this business model and see I think if that's so. actually going to be feasible for us in the long term. Exactly, and even like even you know, Epic, who makes Fortnite, the big one, they had to do layoffs too because they're like, we can't, we're not making enough money off of Fortnite. Well, if they can't do it, because that's they they only had to do the one thing. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. But even, I mean, they, they have like Unreal Engine, which should you would think is the golden goose. Yeah. Um, and, sh and should sustain a lot, given how many people use that outside of gaming, too. If they can't do it, what are you thinking? I wouldn't want to make a live service no. game. Oh, yeah. That's seems so terrible. risky. Yeah. It's incredibly risky. Um, yeah. Another thing that I, again, you know, a lot of these are hard to prove, but I feel like this is a thing. So early on in the year, it was this trend of these big tech companies doing really big layoffs. So you have like Google, Meta. Microsoft, we talked about, Facebook. Mm -hmm. They all did these huge layoffs. It was crazy, like 30,000 people at a time layoffs. And yeah. I think if you're the head of a company and you see like these quote leaders in business, like, oh, nobody's doing better business than Google. And if they just laid off all their people, maybe I should do that too. Right. Maybe this is my way to get rich fast. <laughs> You know, yeah, there's, there's just kind of like a fall again, like kind of this follow uh, the leader mentality. Yeah, exactly. Or, or also you think like, oh, it's okay because, That's what I because think. I'm doing, Hey, they did it. Hey, if they got to do it, then we got to do it too. Yeah. Don't blame like me. You're not the first to do this horrible right. thing. Everyone's like now used to seeing in the news. Yeah. And you can just, you can just blame economy. it on this bigger trend of yeah. like, Hey, the economy's bad. You That's what I was saying before is like everyone, <laughs> when you look at all those Q and A's from leaders, from business leaders about like why layoffs and what happened. Mm -hmm. And everyone wants to know, like, how do you, you as a, as the leader of this big company, like, how did you let this happen? Yeah. Because like, that is your responsibility. Like the, the, the reasonings are always like super vague. It's like, oh, economic downturn. Right. And like, so on and so forth. But it doesn't really address like your, the actual things that's happening within your company that's causing this bad situation mm -hmm. or like that's led to this bad situation. But I totally agree that it's one of those things where it's like, well, so-and-so did it and I can't right. look worse than that person. So right. might as well do it too. You know, yeah, or maybe you were thinking about it, but you were like, uh, it's going to be hard. It's going to be a bad look. I, yeah. Like yeah. people are going to be mad, but now you can just be like, Hey, everybody's doing it. We, yep. we, 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 you know, we're victims too. We got to do it too. Yeah. It's so easy to pile on, yeah. as they say, to something that is already a trend that's already happening. It's a terrible thing to, right. to do because it cause, I think it just causes more and more people to like pile on. Right. 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 Um, and it, it really does not, again, does not address like core problems in your business. Right. 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 Um, the next thing here, and th this is something that is, is impacting a lot of other businesses and I think entertainment and people and companies that are doing like streaming like Netflix or like a oh, Disney yeah, plus is, is, just... is just like this post pandemic recalibration it's that is so happening. Tough. It's happening. I mean, it's happening to everybody. Um, you know, whether you're just living your life or running a business, but mm -hmm. if you're running a business, like you saw this crazy spike in entertainment at home entertainment when the pandemic yep. happened. And I think a lot of companies just thought like, oh. That's well, going to be like this forever. Hey, this is just how it is now. Right. Awesome. No. So we're going to staff up. We're going to make all these investments because, yeah. hey, there's so much um, demand out there that we need to meet. We need to get ready. We need to, we need to start spending money because we're going to mm -hmm. make money later. 
And as we've all seen, like that has not been the case. And, you know, can, once people can get out, there's a lot of other things that they want to do with their time and money. So that was kind of a bubble, the pandemic bubble for certain industries. And now it's like, what is the actual reality of this yeah. now that we're four years later. When we were working at Nintendo, that was always this huge conversation we have all the time, especially with Mr. Awada. Like he was such a huge proponent of like, you, we, we should be so lucky as a business, as a brand to take a tiny percentage of someone's right. free time. Mm -hmm. Because that's such a valuable thing in everyone's lives. Right. Like no one has enough time to do anything, right? Everyone's like trying to live their lives. And for entertainment companies specifically, like, you are not a life necessity. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like watching the latest Netflix show or playing the latest video game is not going to like keep you alive. Keep you alive or like keep your family alive, yeah. you know? There's so many other responsibilities you have. So he would always tell like caution us like the the little sliver that we can capture for the entertainment part of their lives yeah. can go away so fast. And if you don't have a brand that can really sustain uh -huh. that in the long term, like it's over. Right. And I think that's the opposite thing that happened during the pandemic. Because obviously when you have nothing else to do because you're trapped inside, the options are kind of limited, yeah. you know? And, and it was kind of foolish to think that that was going to be the case forever. Like it's, it's, it's strange to me that all of these business leaders that are super smart and, and have these huge companies are like, yeah, this is the new, the new way of doing things, which like, there's no proof point otherwise to that reality yeah and obviously that didn't happen so here we are kind of paying the price um for you know company being part of that like pandemic wave of, yeah, yeah of employment and then and then getting that like taken away from you in this like horrifying way of right. getting laid off right i mean you know this is this is again from our perspective at nintendo like there was no pandemic hiring rush at Nintendo. I've never seen a hiring rush at Nintendo, period. Ever. It was yeah. always like, be careful about hiring literally anybody, do exactly. literally anything. But, and, and, but even at Nintendo, the, the pandemic impacted the, the company yeah. significantly. We were certainly busier than we ever were. Yeah, and they certainly closed offices after the, and, the pandemic. Right, So right. we were impacted after the pandemic. But, but you know? there was no like, oh, well now we're just gonna grow our team by 50% because we're gonna be doing all these things forever. Animal Crossing, oh my God, our, yeah, our, life, our life is forever changed. Game Animal Crossing right, is now right. the, the only None thing of that we're happened. Doing. It was like, yeah, eh, this is this is good, and, and we'll do what we can to you know, you know, meet meet this. But it was ne it was never like, oh, change the, our, the business. Our company has fundamentally changed. Right. There was right, none of that. Exactly. So so again, as things come back to normal, and you've, if you've hired up all these people to do this work for this demand that doesn't exist. You gotta let them go. Yeah, and the streaming stuff, it's like, who can race to the bottom faster? I mean, that's even like, like they're in a much worse position in than games, horrible honestly. horrible place. Like, yeah. thank God games like, are not there companies, yet. Those companies are losing tons of money. Like gaming, at least, like, th these companies are there making are money. There are some money that... The industry is being sustained. Yeah, at least that. Yeah, yeah. that that's absolutely yeah, a race that's, to the bottom. that's really bad. It's horrible. Another thing is, you know, this trend of acquisitions is happening. Yeah. Record acquisitions, whether it's Microsoft or the Embracer Group mm -hmm. or whatever it is, you know, acquisitions always lead to consolidation. So, I'll, you know, I'll just give you a, a hypothetical example is, you know, if I'm, if I'm Microsoft and I buy Game Developer X, if Game Developer X has a PR team, it's like, guess what? I'm Microsoft. I've got a great PR team. I don't know if I need you anymore because my PR team can do 
your job. Mm -hmm. I think Microsoft has been very gracious in keeping those teams very intact yeah. when they acquire them. And, but and let's see how long that lasts for. We'll see. But in keeping, you know, trying to keep those cultures intact, because that's what made those studios unique. But I don't think a lot of companies, like I don't think the Embracer group has that mindset. It's like, we're, we're, we're going to keep the parts we need and the parts we don't, Chop it off. Goodbye. Yeah, yeah. Right, so. That's why it's really scary for you know, employees of companies that get acquired. Yeah. Because you don't know if your job is going to be made redundant. Right. And you're going to be gone. That's Absolutely. happens to thousands of people. You yeah, know? and again, that that's not a unique to games kind of thing at all. Right. There's kind of a feeling out period of, yeah, well, how, you know, how's this going to work out? You know, what do we need? What do we not need? And mm -hmm. you just kind of move on. Yeah. Um, anything, any other kind of big reasons yeah, I, I feel like the other thing is, is like, we are, again, in this state of like, we need to have all of these people to do, to make this like crazy high budget game, but that's also not sustainable. Mm. So I do think that this kind of mindset that there were in right now in the gaming industry, where like the only games that is, is really recognized or, or um, put up as like, a you know a triple a game um that mentality that it needs to be like this huge budget these you know hundreds of hours it's gonna lead to i think more of this kind of churn because eventually that's not gonna be sustainable yeah and what are you gonna do with those huge studios you know it, they're gonna have to downsize it right right so i just i think we're in a dangerous position here where we have gotten to this and, and that kind of like goes back to what we're saying, like 2023, yes, we had like so many incredible, amazing games this year, but how long is that gonna be sustainable for, you know? Like, how, when is it where one of those games fail and a studio is like, well, now I'm bankrupt because mm -hmm. I put everything, all the eggs in that basket. Yeah, and you know, we're lucky that it's not a, a situation that we need to find ourselves in, but you know, you hear from these people who got laid off and a lot of them are very experienced and very good and they're saying, you know, it's a very dicey <clears throat> situation because they are all competing. All these people are now competing for a very limited number of jobs that exist. Right. So there's there's probably just some percentage of those people that leave the industry altogether entirely because they can't get find a stable job that has been their career to this point. Right. Which is a really hard place to be and is, mm -hmm. and is a big loss for the industry. Yeah, I, I just imagine all the amazing talent that just is kind of bleeds out of the industry because they're just unable to like find that. Right. That, you know, very specific thing, right? It's just, it's when you're competing, you're like one of like hundreds of people. Yeah. And also new talent. Like, if you want to yeah, get yeah. into games and you're one of the newer talents, like, that's a scary thought. If you're, like, in college right now and you're like, I want to be in the games industry and you're seeing this go down. Yeah, I mean, you could be competing with somebody who has, like, 10 years of experience who just needs a job. Right. They're willing to, you know, take a cut and, and take a role that is, you know, lower than their experience right. just to have security. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's not a healthy place for the industry mm -hmm. to be. Right. So what can be done? If you were, let's say you were in charge of like a mid-level game developer, what are some things that you would do to safeguard your company and your teams against all of these 
Economic forces. Oh boy. See, this is where I think Nintendo did do a really good job yeah. with this, where they just really focused on what they were good at. Mm -hmm. You know, do not get distracted. Do not chase trends. Exactly. Don't get distracted by the shiny objects or like a quick, you know, like those things where it's like, we can make money real quick, like a get rich quick yeah. scheme or yeah. something like that. Like your mom warned you against get rich quick schemes when you were like five years old. Like don't, <laughs> that's probably not gonna, it's probably not gonna happen. Yeah. You know, yeah. like the lottery ticket idea, like you're not, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get rich. Um, I would say like if I was running a studio, I'd be very tuned in to like what our unique capabilities are, mm. what is the unique niche that you're- oh, What are we actually good at? What are we actually good at? And what niche is that filling yeah, in that particular, yeah. you know, in, in the gaming industry? Like, are we really good at, like right. farming sims is a bad example, mm -hmm. because there's a lot of farming sims. But like, what is the unique uh, niche that you could provide value in? And just like really concentrate on that, you know, instead of chasing the trends or, or shifting your whole business model to like, some new shiny object yeah. that probably won't pan out mm -hmm. in a couple of years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, um, you know, there's a lot, there, there are a couple of good examples of games that have bucked the trend of, of following the fad sort of thing. And, you know, understanding that, that players want a wider variety of games than mm -hmm. is currently on the market. I think Baldur's Gate is, a, is, a, is a perfect example, example of that, yeah. where people just said, oh, those kind of P old PC RPGs, those are dead, nobody wants those. But it turns out people actually did, and there right. was a big built-up audience, and if you do a really good one of those, hey, you're gonna, you're gonna sell a lot of copies. Mm -hmm. Exactly. The other example um, is like games that just take their time with their games. like. We were talking about a couple episodes ago, um, Cyberpunk. Yeah. They had a really rough start, right, right? right? They had a really rough start and it was not great, but they were able to turn it around because they yeah. like gave themselves the like roadmap and focus to like fix the things that they needed to fix, be really strategic with the partnerships that they needed to get the awareness out there, like their Netflix partnership that they did. And then they were able to like turn around what people thought about their brand because they gave themselves like a really long runway to focus on that one thing that they, you know, they knew that they were good at, they knew that was unique in the market, and they knew that, you know, if they could just get it right, like it would, it's gonna be okay. Mm -hmm. They didn't let that, they didn't let anything else distract them. They did it for like two and a half years. It's kind of amazing, honestly. Yeah. Um, so that's another, I think another way of looking at it, like that idea of like being really focused on something, like even if it feels a little rough in the beginning, like you, yeah. can, you can do it. At you the know? same time, they were one of the companies that did layoffs too. Oh. So it's, it's, just, oh, hard. it's no. just hard to avoid at a certain point, especially with a game that's that big. Yeah, that's true. Um, now a big point that I think is, is worth discussing is, again, if you were a developer, do you still need a publisher? Like, I think that is just, you know, the way certain, you know, people look at it. It's like, yeah. all right, well, you're the developer. You're making the game. You need a publisher to help you bring that thing and put it on shelves and get you that last step of the way so that people can actually buy it. But I think more and more it's worth looking into whether you really do or whether you can do a lot of it yourself. So in the um, trial, the FTC trial for Microsoft with the Activision stuff, there was a Phil Spencer email that came out where he was kind of talking about, this was one of those very long, very well thought out emails that yeah. he sent. He mm -hmm. was like, 
you know, a lot of these companies are struggling because the role of the publisher is very shaky right now. Yeah. Because a lot of the things that you traditionally needed them to do either aren't as important or developers are finding they can do themselves. Right. Self-publishing so is so big now. If that, I mean, yeah. if it's like what what percentage of, of the money you make are you giving to a publisher? Like right. you better make sure that they're earning that money. Right. And I think there's some good examples. And I think, you know, Remedy with Alan Wake 2, like they don't they don't have a publisher. Right. There's no physical version of that game either. Because it's like, well, they didn't need it. well that's, something a publish, that's something a publisher would traditionally do. It's like, hey, let, let us help you make the discs, help you get it into the stores. Right. You know, have, have the meeting with the guy but from now Walmart. now with sort of the digital... Like, who cares? Cloud-based gaming. Yeah. It's such a... We don't need it. We can... A, you know, you know we can, normal thing, right? We can hire a handful of people. We can hire somebody who manages all the digital storefronts, and, and that's a super important thing. Yeah. And kind of be our, like, release manager. And, yeah, whatever else, like, we can do it ourselves. So right. I think that's... That frees up so many, so much resources A new you. model. I mean, I think there's, there's you know, certainly games, if it's like, you know, we're making Grand Theft Auto 6, it's like, yeah, you probably need a publisher to help <laughs> you put that thing out. But for a lot of companies, and again, if we're talking about this... A like, mid-tier. Mid-tier, like, yeah. sub-major, major developer... You can really do a lot by yourself. Yeah, you'd probably be surprised at how much you can do yourself if you just kind of put a bit of work into the right. research of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This la uh, this next one is something I will not stop banging the drums about. People need to get smarter about release dates. My God, these uh. release dates. Can we just have a shared industry Google Drive where we have like a big yeah. launch calendar for everybody? I I'm a pro proponent of that. I will manage this calendar, guys. Like, the industry has gotten smarter about a lot of things. I think release dates is something the industry is very Awful. dumb about still. And yes. It, and it's like, it's like a lot of, like, it's like a game of chicken. It's like, well, who's going to move first? Like, so a great example of this is um, the new Sonic game, Sonic Superstars, which came out, like, a couple days before Mario before Wonder. Mario Wonder. Yeah. And, you know, some of the sales numbers have come out of, like, oh, this, this Sonic game didn't do, do that great. I wonder why. Wonder why. <laughs> also, Spider-Man came out on that day, and that's not, that's like a completely different yes. genre, obviously. But to think about, like, why are we stacking these? It's like, like explain, huge, explain yeah. to me, Joe, Mr. Sega. Mr. Joe Sega. How is it okay for you to put this game out basically at the same time as these two super juggernaut games? How is that not going to impact your release of this game? Can and you who, can you justify this to me? Said, like, okay I dare you. To that? You know, and it's like, oh, no oh, one oh. asked the question. Like, well, we're, hey, we're too far. We... We're too far along now. We can't change it. Yes, you can. Also, back to my my other example, Remedy changed mm -hmm. their release date of Alan Wake. They did because by like a, week or a week or something by a week because um, <laughs> they did not have a physical version, so it was much easier for them to do. They now yeah. have a lot more flexibility. If I was them, I would have suggested moving it even more. But it seems to be working. They wanted out. a Halloween though. I think it's working out fine for them. That, yeah. that game is seems yeah, to they, be they were trying doing to thread great. the needle. But they did a good job changing but that But they date. averted disaster. Because it could have been totally overshadowed yes. by Spider-Man. Right. Completely. Right. And they, they had their own moment in the sun where those when those reviews came out and that game came out. And it was like, oh, yeah, yeah. perfect. We finished Spider-Man. We can move on to Alan Wake. Right. This is exactly what I did, actually. Right. So. Like, I think companies should be way more proactive in managing release dates. And yeah. even if that means, like, hey, we delayed it by two weeks to get out of the way. It's like, that's fine. Who cares? Two weeks. And think about how many sales you've Think you of lost. yourself. Think of your livelihoods here. I know. That can literally make or break a game. It's and so it, true. With it just being like, I don't, I don't know if 
the future is going to be more 2023s where it's just nonstop, huge game after huge game? I'm guessing not. I think this was a very unique year. I think there was a lot of pent-up stuff backed up the from pandemic. the last couple of years yeah. that just ended up coming out this year. I think we might be better off next but year. But even still, like there's all, again, it's like everybody like rushes this in you know this this October time frame where it's like gotta get out before Black Friday. Yeah, exactly. Don't 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 ever put anything out in Q1. It's like there's a lot of examples that disprove these like rules that the industry has had. Mm-hmm. Some of these are very antiquated rules as yes. well. Like it's just we always have done done you it this do way. It this we way. always done it this yeah, way. Right. Like I think this is a time where while we're in this sort of transitional period as an industry as a whole. Um, to make some of these changes and take some different approaches. Yeah, there was some there was some discussion in our Discord this weekend of like, did the new WarioWare game kind of bomb? Because it doesn't seem like a lot of people are talking about it. You have a look on your face like you have no clue oh, this, game no idea this game even came out. <gasps> it's out. The game is out. The new WarioWare game is I out. I did not know that. But it's like, yeah, it's like at this point of the year, there's just too, too many, too much. too much. Can't deal. I'm letting yeah. go of the rope. Of new releases, yeah. I, this is why. <laughs> it's like I'm, I'm just getting through the Unless year. Unless it's something that is going is something that I've already planned on playing. Right. right. Sorry, I'm not gonna. I'm not even gonna look at it. Yeah. So that was yeah. kind of that was kind of a self owned by Nintendo. Like, yeah, we can squeeze in one more thing. Did Be- you need to? Because this is oh, people are gonna love playing this game with grandma and grandpa at Thanksgiving. They wanna they wanna do a farty squat after versus yeah they 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 big brain themselves with that one. Yeah. Okay. So. I did not know this game was out. There you go. <laughs> and I'm tuned in. I'm like, <laughs> right, right. It's just it's here. just been like you know this murderer's row of huge yeah. releases, and at some point it's like I I just can't I can't do it anymore. Yeah, you know exactly. And I think many people are feeling this exact way. Right, so. right. And then finally, you know this this whole live service games thing is like I do wonder what happens with those now if a huge player like a Destiny is like yeah this isn't working out. Like, do you have a more definitive end? To these projects mm-hmm. versus we're going to go forever. Yeah, they might have changed. Might have to change the model again so that it makes more sense for how people are consuming these kinds of games, right? Right. Do you do you know the Call I mean, of Duty approach? I mean, what, I mean, what happened with or? MMOs? Like we're down to like two like really significant MMOs. Mm-hmm. You got WoW still yeah. and Final Fantasy, right? And that's kind of it. Like right, you don't if, really. If anybody's like, oh, you're playing out an MMO, you get like laughed at. Yeah, like why would bother doing that? Right, it's like, like there's, never no, there's no the room audience. for that. You can't do that. Yeah, and I think people are just they're the way that the way that they're playing these like live service games. If they've changed significantly, like that, though that era of like everybody and your mother playing Fortnite is over or like coming to we an got end. A, we got a news story about that. No. We got a news story about I know. that in, in a little bit. I know. I'm, tell, <laughs> I'm yeah. telling you, like it's people's people's consumption habits have changed. So, so they need to figure out the new model to like match up to that, you know? So yes, there are these like big world things that are happening that are, you know, sometimes out of your control, but I think these companies have a lot of things that are in their control that yeah. can help help them operate more smartly and avoid these self-owns. Um, so I would love to see more of that in the future. Yeah, and I, I feel really bad for everyone that's had, had to deal with layoffs. It's such a stressful thing to happen to you. You know, even though we didn't get laid off at Nintendo, it was like a very scary time of transition when you are imagining like what you would do without your job. And a lot of the times, you're really freaked out. Really freaked out. It's scary. And like a lot of the times, I think especially for those of us in the gaming industry, gaming is such a huge passion of ours it really becomes your identity and when you lose that part of your identity um, because of a big layoff like this it can feel very 
you can feel very out of sorts. And I, I, I do feel really bad for everyone that's ha having to deal with that right now. And I hope you guys are doing okay. Um, hopefully it gets better, but, uh, but it's very tough, so. We did uh, an interesting poll with our Patreon subscribers because obviously we're talking about it from the perspective of people who are in the industry and have been in the industry for a long time. But we wanted to get their perspective on how they are viewing all of these layoffs. So we asked people to identify like which of these they most associate with. So one is, I currently work in the video game industry, or I want to work in games and I'm trying to break into the industry, or I want to work in games, but these stories are making me think twice, or finally, I'm okay working outside of games. And kind of like, Lowest to most, that's kind of the order it went. So 5% of people said, I currently work in the video game industry, great. 11% mm -hmm. of the people said they want to work in games or trying to break in. 15% said they want to work in games, but they're getting kind of scared right. by all these stories. And then 69% of the people said, percentage. I'm good. <laughs> I'll, I'll stay working outside of games. I know. So yeah. that is a fascinating thing. And, and, and some of these responses were very interesting as well. So Tuscoop says, I'm a junior gameplay programmer, fresh out of university, working in an indie dev studio. It's more like an apprenticeship. It feels extra impossible to try and get a full industry job. This is because now I'm also applying next to all the other people who have mm -hmm. been displaced from these layoffs. There's nothing else to do but keep trying, yet it's quite unfortunate to be a junior applying to the same positions that many people with multiple shipped titles are now gunning for as well. Yeah. We were just that's saying hard. that. Yeah, yes. That's really tough. Trejawi says, I'm A-OK -okay keeping gaming separate from my career. When I was in college, I worked for Electronics Boutique, modern-day GameStop for those who were born a bit later, and even just that proximity of work to gaming life made me dislike video games to a degree. I can't even imagine how much that would be amplified if I had to work, quote, where the sausage is made, so to speak. Yeah. Sometimes it's good to keep it as a hobby, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. There were a lot of responses that were along those lines. Yeah, I can see that. And then finally, Blah says, I used to dream of being a game dev when I was younger, but these days I'm just happy being a software dev. Better pay, better work-life balance, and generally being valued a lot more. To be honest, game dev is pretty darn hard with the levels of complexity involved in a game design, so it sucks that either game devs are treated so much worse than software devs in most places. Either way, I much prefer dedicating my creativity energy outside of work to things I have full creative control over. Mm, that's interesting. I think it's like when you are putting your energy into something that you have such a huge passion for, it can hurt more when, yeah. when it, doesn't, it doesn't go your way, right? Yeah, and I think that's, you know, this interesting realization of like, yes, you can, you can quote, follow your dream and work in games. But I think a lot of people who went the other way are saying like, it's actually not bad yeah. because I'm doing something that doesn't have all these drawbacks mm -hmm. and, you know, I still have my creative energy to put into whatever I want. Right. Yeah. The myth of the dream job is absolutely a myth. What about this? This is different. Now I got you. You're on the hook now. This is different. Or working for like your dream company is an absolutely a myth, I think. Uh, I don't even consider this a job. Oh. Well, that's it's my, nice. It's my life. That's nice. <laughs> it's my life. Um, so yes. a fascinating topic that, again, unfortunately, we'll probably be revisiting over time. Yes. But it's good to break it down and understand what's mm -hmm. going on there. Yes, yes. Last week in our story time... We shared, or you shared, a WeFit story 
And we actually have kind of a counterpoint with another WeFit story. I think these mostly happen to you. Some of them just to, just to, to complete yeah. the we fit cycle. Yeah, the let's, la let's share last some of week these. was a very wholesome and cute story about puppies um, in we fit, and we had I, I looked back on some very nice Nintendo Minute footage of Baron and Chowder together as much younger. That puppies. was very cute. I like that. And I really oh, it was so sweet. I just loved it. Um, this week though, not so adorable. We do have some very awkward We Fit stories to share. And it, it is just like a fascinating thing because when you, you know, think to yourself, oh, I'm going to work at Nintendo, you know, I'm working video games, I'm going to do some video game stuff. You never think that that game is going to become this like life thing that's going to be very personal. Yeah. You know, a We, a we Fit is, is really personal. You're doing a lot of like measurements of your body. Bending over. You're, you're doing a lot of bending over. <laughs> the hula hooping in public. Hip thrusts. Could be yeah. conccerning to some. You know, you're doing like, you're sweating. You're, you're doing like you're, you're getting out of like work attire into yes. your exercise clothes. Yes, like you're not, yeah, you're, you're putting to this very awkward position. Vulnerable. Very vulnerable yes. um, to be you know, to show this part of yourself in a work environment with coworkers mm -hmm. and also with people that are, you know, media or, or yeah. people that are like judging you or judging the product, right? Absolutely. So, so of course this makes for some very awkward moments, mm -hmm. very, very awkward moments. Um, so I have a few, I'm, I know you have a few too. I'll, I'll share the most awkward one first because this one was a real doozy. So... We're working on this product. Our boss at the time, both of our boss, he was like the director of PR mm -hmm. at Nintendo. Um, he had, like we, we all used to have like TVs and, and gaming systems, yeah. like Nintendo systems in our office or, or in the common areas. So you could like play the games yeah. and make sure you know how to talk about them. But he, he had in his office like his Wii setup and like, um, he was getting the Wii Fit balance board all set up, and he asked me to come into his office to help him set up the Wii Fit balance board. So, if you guys remember when you first set up your Wii Fit balance board, it basically makes you like, it like scans your body. It makes you do all sorts of stuff. Like you have to put in, you know, it weighs you. Um, you have to put in like all of your health things. Yeah. So I am sitting in, in his office, and honestly, I don't really know him that well. Like, he was our boss, so it's like a very, you know, I'm the subordinate, he was the authority figure kind of relationship. Like, I also was his assistant for a little while when I first started at Nintendo, so I would do things like make him coffee and, like, do his expense report and stuff like that. So it was a very, like, there's no way I'm in charge of anything situation. Like, I'm just, like your assistant, you know? So it's like a very weird relationship dynamic. And to see him in this very like vulnerable state was very <laughs> strange for me. So like he, um, he gets onto the, you know, I'm helping him set it up. Like, I'm like, I'm like, I have the Wii remote. I'm like, but going through the prompts yeah. and he's like on the balance board, like doing whatever. So he's, you know, going through the things and the other thing about Wii Fit that would totally not fly these days at all is it used to do that thing where if you're like over a certain BMI, right. the Wii Fit balance, there was like an animation 
of the little like you know how the the, the balance board in in the menu was like a little person yeah. like a little you know it was like it had like a little personality little eyes and stuff if you were over a certain bmi it would do this little like dance where like the sweat would be coming off of the little like balance board person and it's like, oh no! Ow! You, ouch! <laughs> you are very heavy! Like it would say like super like body shamey yeah. mean things yeah. to you about your BMI and your weight. And that happened while we were setting up the, the Wii Fit balance, but it was so awkward because you can't like make the thing go faster. I'm like pressing the A button as fast as possible to like go to the next screen. Cause I mean, I don't want to be there and he's feeling really embarrassed to be, you know, sitting in this room with this like other woman that's basically just like looking at his body. <laughs> I get, I was looking at his body, but like looking at like the weight and like the BM, like all of his personal data, like personal information. And, this is like a pin drop silence in the room. Like, I, 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 have like, I like wanted to crawl a rock and die. Just leave. Like, oh, I, you're all I, set up. Bye. I, no, it wasn't the end of it. Oh. It, you have to do more things. We can take it from here. Like, please take it from here. <laughs> um, but like, there was like so, there was like more to it. And like, he turned to me and he was just like, oh no. Like he said something <laughs> to the effect of like, Oh, now I feel bad, or like, oh, now I feel like fat, or like whatever. Like he said something to me to that effect, and I felt so bad. I was like, oh my god, this is a horrible product. If it makes you feel bad, like, come on. Nowadays, they would probably have it like synced to your phone, so you could just punch it in, and now nobody would see it. Oh, they it would just go straight to the that game. Would, they would be canceled. Especially now, I think. Don't people say like BMI? Like, yeah, that's actually, that's actually not a, a bunch of a bunch metric. of nonsense. I, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I know, I'm not. Like, a, people can have a BMI like that's considered obese. Yeah, whatever. Uh, but it's like go to it's the doctor, totally fine. and yeah. maybe the doctor will tell yes. you if you're healthy or speak not. Speak with your medical professional. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Do not but speak to a Wii Fit balance the, board. Don't, don't fit. Don't speak to the Wii Fit balance board. I don't know anything. Yeah. And they, they shouldn't make you feel bad about yourself. You know, whatever. Like that was, just wasn't a good situation. But I felt really bad. I really, I truly did. I, I felt for this man. You know, I was like, this is this is a it's not a great situation to be in. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just felt, I felt bad. I, I wish that he didn't feel bad, you know, for that. So anyways, we set, we, we do set it up. We finished setting it up and, um, you know, he, he, he's fine afterwards and we moved on with our lives, <laughs> but I'll always remember this, this part in our relationship was like super awkward. And, and I did, I, I kind of, it, it did humanize him a little bit cause he was a little hard to like. It's hard to get to know him a little bit. Like he's very kind of, you know, just very all Mr. Business. All business, All yes. business. Um, so that part of it was kind of interesting. But I was like, oh, dang, that's, that's not a good place to be. Yeah. Very wow. Awkward. <clears throat> uh, the other one is around, so as, as a requirement, this is kind of like an extension of the Wii wrist strap. Yeah. Always had to have people take shoes off. Yes. Do not think of standing on the Wii Fit balance board with shoes on if you right. are, you know, if we were demonstrating it in an official capacity, but also that extended to like if you were inviting somebody like from the media, if you're mm -hmm. doing a demo, like please take your shoes. It's like the same thing. It's like please put on the wrist strap. Yeah. And like some people didn't like this. Putting taking your shoes off is another like kind of intimate thing. Right. Because if you had socks on, I think it was a little bit better. Something about like exposing your bare I, 
foot? I experienced a foot odor situation oh, with, no. uh, I will not name who this person is. Oh, they are still no. kicking around uh, in games media. Oh, poor thing. I but it was Maybe because it was, please take your shoes, it was a please take your shoes off yeah, some people situation. Yeah, have, have that. Right. It's okay. You know, everyone, everyone's body is different. Yes. So it's like, you, you, again, you shouldn't like shame somebody for it, but it's like it forced you into a situation where you like feel, you might feel that shame. Yeah. Because you have to take your shoes off. What was the stance on, like, you know, if like somebody's doing like construction and you're asking for little booties? Yeah. Can what we was, not give them the booties? What was the stance on that? Oh, because sometimes people would wear like heels. This actually happened to me when I was demoing this um, to a celebrity. It was like yeah. this, one of the celebrity events that we right. did. And this was Brittany Murphy mm -hmm. who was wearing and these. she was in heels. She was wearing these really beautiful, Brittany Murphy, you know, beautiful like um, knee length black oh, it's like hard to get, stiletto It's hard to get boots. off. Yeah. Hard to get off. Yeah. She's wearing a skirt too, so you you don't uh, want her to be like. Right. What, you want to flash everybody bending down, taking your boots off? That's weird. And I, who knows, right? I mean, right. celebrity, you you let them just kind of yes. do whatever. Let them let them lead this yeah. interaction. So she did wear her heeled stiletto right. boots onto the balance board, and I think the some treehouse person just was having a heart attack. Like, <laughs> oh my god! Like this, I mean, it was yeah. like it was bad. Like we basically. Got like yelled at, I think, right. for that. What are you going to do that? though? I couldn't do anything. These are things you should tell the people in advance. Yeah, but what do you do? Even if you tell them in advance, I don't what are you know. supposed to do? It's, 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 yes, there, yes, there will be examples like that. But again, for like the guy who I was doing, it's like, by the way, to demonstrate this product, if you would like to do it, you'll need to take your shoes off. Tell them that in advance oh to avoid these situations. Yeah, yeah. So we got in really big trouble for that because not only was she wearing the shoes onto the balance board, but she was wearing like heels. Which I guess can damage like all the sensors in there because you're wearing like stiletto. Yeah, you're just like jamming yeah, into this thing. Into the right. thing. So I get that. I mean, I think the balance board was fine. The balance board was very hardy, but it was not great. It was not a good day for us because they were like, you guys messed up. Like, you guys messed up this appointment. And now we can't use any of these photos because she has her shoes on. We're like, okay. What do you want us to do? I'm sorry. Um, and my last story is around like having to demo this product mm. for people. Yeah. And it's like, you gotta choose like a certain, there's only like three things in there that is like okay for you to do. Bend not, over this way or bend over that way. Or not, and not be embarrassed, <laughs> exactly. Okay, the, the first one is the soccer heading. Oh that yeah. one is safe, yeah, that's you're just moving your head. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's fine. Uh -huh. That yeah. one's all right. Um, some of the yoga poses where you just do like a tree pose, you know? You could tip over though. I was if good, you have bad balance, you whoop. Balance. I have very good balance. So I always choose that one. Okay. So I was like, I can do this. Yeah. And I all have, I just stand there. I stand there for like a couple seconds. Okay. Fine. You know, um, like there was only like a few of those, but inevitably somebody would be like, hey, what about, what's that one? Can you bend over? Can you try that one? And it's always How about some, you bend over, buddy? It's always buddy? something crazy. Like you got to bend over or you got to like get on the floor and do like a- Oh, the ones where you're sitting down? The sit-up-y ones. And I'm like- Like the ski luge skin, or whatever? Yes, oh, that, that one. one. Yeah, there was yeah. the ski luge. There was the one where you basically are on a plank. Do you remember that one? I had to do the ski luge at some E3 when I'm like in exactly. like business attire. That's it's like, so ugh. true. Yeah, you, you're, and, and like I never, I didn't wear a skirt for like two years because like <laughs> God knows when someone's gonna be ski luge yeah. and I'm gonna be like on a dress or something and that's gonna be the end of me. Um, so I had to like, I basically was wearing like pants for like the two years of that launch. <laughs> oh man. Because you never know when someone's gonna ask you to ski luge. It's true. And it was just like, 
it's so embarrassing. It's like, it shouldn't be embarrassing, but it is. And like, you never imagine in your life that like, that was something that you would be, you would have to do at your job. You know, you would have to get on this thing and people are going to see your, yeah, they, they, they would make us go through the, the setup process. Stop there. there are tons of people saw how much I weigh. I'm like, great. This is awful. This is awful. <laughs> Like, you know, are you obese according to this We Fit board that's really mean to you? Like, is it going to dance around with the sweat? <laughs> never know. Did I eat like a big meal that day? I don't know. Um, so you never know like, when you're just going to be like horribly embarrassed in public yeah. by this thing. This all did extend also not quite as badly. Ring Fit. To Ring Fit Adventure. Like, I remember there was the one day when Treehouse came down like, oh, we're going to show you this new game. I was so mad. And that day. the treehouse person was in like the full like like a Richard Simmons getup, you know, <laughs> like the headband and everything, because they were gonna like be breaking sweat. Like, all right, we're gonna show you how to play this game. It's like, okay, cool. I'm, I'm I'm watching you play this game. I understand. Now you do. But it. then the forced audience participation began. It's like, you get up, do this. You and people were. I mean, people like some people were in like you know slacks and like dress shirts and yeah. Well, they were like, like dressed for work. Like work work attire. Yeah. And like some people did not do super well. Like they were getting sweaty or they were like shirts coming untucked and just like oh, like just struggling through this. I really again. Need, I don't need to see my coworkers. Give in some this notice. Way. Give some notice. I also don't want to see some of these people that you work with. You just want to see them. Yes. In one way, and keep that them is, in the professional like, bubble. I just want to see right. you as like the guy that does the retail thing, right? And like you're wearing the suit every day. Like I just, I don't need to understand what you're like when you like run a mile. Like I really right. don't. And I heard like uh, you know also when like all the sort of Nintendo of America executives went to Japan to see this game for the first time, they they were told they were like bring your exercise gear, bring your exercise clothes. You're gonna play this game and you're yeah. gonna sweat. Doug said that he was right. like he brought his like full workout right. clothes. He was like, oh good thing I brought my gym. But now clothes. now I'm just in the office in the headquarters like sweating like crazy. Can you go like freshen in, up in somewhere? my like in my sweat covered t-shirt. Like what? Well, what do I do now? This is just a troll job. <laughs> Yeah, like breeze yeah. yourself yes. or something, and then change. Yes. Oh, Dougson, you're missing. You're you're meeting with Mr. Furukawa now. He's like, please head to the office. Putting like ass body spray on as fast as possible because he's like stinky from all the sweating and the. Dougson, you look nervous. Are you? Are you? Why are you sweating so much? <laughs> Dougson, your pit stains. We can see them. This is this is becoming like a Seinfeld sketch now. Dougson, I was yeah, just playing. Ring that treehouse person. That did the Ring Fit demos, and the demos is not just you and that person. It's you no, in a room like full 20 of like people. twenty people. Yeah. I got called out oh. and to do sit ups. I was like, "Why are you? Call I'm not doing this." I got called out, but I had to do something really easy, so I was fine. I, I had to do sit ups, and then I was like, "I'm not. Sit -ups. Doing I'm not doing this. I refuse." And then I got yelled at afterwards. Sit ups. I got yelled at afterwards for not being a team not player. A team player. <laughs> I was so mad. I was so mad. I was like, are you kidding Krista, me Krista, you did now? not consistently bend over when you're asked to bend over. How dare you? Bent over enough for that company. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so awkward. Well, now this has become Ring Fit Adventure complaints. <laughs> so we have more of these so, crazy stories. Next time you make an exercising game, Nintendo, think, think twice. Think twice. Or think carefully about what you're going to do. Or just don't make people do it. <laughs> yes. All right, uh, it's almost time to talk about the games we've been playing. We've got some new stuff, but first, let's shout out our other sponsor for this episode. Episode is sponsored by HelloFresh. Thank you. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. 
skip trips to the grocery store, and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. We were talking about this earlier today. Thanksgiving is two weeks away. I know. Can you believe that? It is. We are in the midst of the holiday hecticness. So the idea is... I'm gonna put a lot of time and effort into cooking on Thanksgiving. Yeah. I don't wanna do that in the lead up. No, you do not. HelloFresh, help me out. Yeah, they have those 15 minute quick right. meals. That is your savior for the next couple of weeks. Two weeks. And, and, yes. and also those weeks leading up to Christmas, because you uh-huh. basically have same to, thing. to do yes. the same thing again. Right. Right. So now you have an option. You don't have to go into a grocery store. You get all these pre portioned, fresh ingredients. You can choose the quick meal option, 15 minutes, and you're ready to go. And to top it all off, the food is really good. It tastes really good. So you're going to be all set. They do also have kind of items meant for a bigger group. So if you want to Mm. supplement something that you are making for Thanksgiving, for example, you can get a charcuterie board. I love a good charcuterie board. Or a big dessert, again, for Mm -hmm. your group. It's like, well, maybe I'm gonna spend all my time on this turkey. I don't wanna deal with all this other stuff. HelloFresh can help with that. Somebody take care of that for you. Yes. They also have all these great breakfasts, lunch, lunches, uh, snacks that you can get in addition to the big dinner meal kits. Right. So a lot of exciting things are happening with HelloFresh. A lot of variety of the things you can do. The menus are constantly changing mm-hmm. so you don't get into your uh, dreaded food, food rut. rut. Avoid the food no, rut. Over 45 weekly recipes. Yes. Yes, that is wonderful. So go to HelloFresh.com slash free and use code KitKristaFree for free breakfast for life. This is crazy. What? Wow. One breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash KitKristaFree with code KitKristaFree. HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. Wow. Wow. Free breakfast for life? I can't. Hello link fresh. right over here and in the description below. Get your breakfast, eat well. It's going to be good. Yeah. All right, games we're playing. We got some new stuff. Mm-hmm. We have Spider-Man 2. We're going to put that at the end so we can start with some something new. Yes. Let's start with this game that you played and finished. How do you say this name? I believe it's, it's a French name. It, yes. I believe it's Jusson. 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 Okay. Yes. The very beginning of the game, they give you the definition and they, of the and, word. And, and do they say it? They don't say it. It's just oh. written. There's no <laughs> Phonetic. dialogue. Phonetic? It's like no talking. Um, this is a game that we both really liked at the Xbox showcase mm-hmm. around what would have been E3. Right. And it just came out. It's on Game Pass. And you finished it. Tell us all yeah. about this game. It's a, it's a super, like, interesting game. But it's only, it's, it's pretty short. So it was the perfect, like, palette cleanser game. Um, bef- uh, I finished Spider, I beat Spider-Man. Yeah. I needed a palette cleanser game before I started Alan Wake. That was it. And, and Juicent is that game. So um, this game is really, and we saw that when we saw it in the, the Xbox showcase, we're b- both really excited about it because it was a game just focused on climbing. Climbing is the hot new genre, yeah. people. And I was really interested to see how, you know, somebody can make a whole game around just climbing. Yeah. Usually it's like a you know, traversal mechanic within a larger game. So it was really cool to see it as, like, the focus. Um, Really interesting story as well. Like, they they define the word jusant for you when you start start the game. Basically, it's the French word um, that is the, uh, you know, tide that's ebbing. So it means, Mm. like, 
the ebb of an ocean tide. Okay. Um, and I think that sets up sort of the environment that you're in and why you need to do, do the climbing and yeah. what is happening. I won't spoil it because, you, you know, play the, play the game. The story is really good. Um, and you, you play as the, this little boy and you basically, yeah, you're climbing. You are discovering like what's happened in this world. It's, it's a deserted world now. You're like getting these snippets of what might have happened through these letters that, and, and these like diaries that people have left behind. Or, um, and you also have a little companion that looks like a little, little jello frog. What? Gooey jello <laughs> jello frog. frog. It's like a little slime frog. It's uh, cute. Okay. And your little friend. And this this little friend um has this like ability to like kind of like sing and like it's called an echo. Yeah. So you when you use that ability, it like makes things appear for you to climb. Oh. So you're climbing the environment, but you're also like climbing sort of when he does it, like vines bloom, and you sort of climb up these. So you make your own path. You, it's like sort of like dormant mm. little things, and when you do the little echo, it like grows this little okay. vine or a flower blooms or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, really beautiful, like sound design oh. in this game. Like it has sort of like a Zelda feel, where it's very atmospheric, very ambient, and then like at critical moments, you get this like really big, like beautiful sort of soundtrack. Yeah. Um. The cl- yes. Please continue. The cl- <laughs> you look like I just, you got something I just want to, I just to, want to know more. I want to know more. Um, the climbing mechanic is really interesting. So you're sort of very active in using the controls to mimic the climbing. Yes, I wanted to know about this. So like you're basically like as you're climbing like one hand at a time, yeah. you're doing like the R and the L. The Trigger. R and the triggers. Yes, yeah. okay. So that it really does feel like you're like right hand, yeah. left hand, let go of the right hand. So you, you can't like reach with your left hand, for example, if you're not holding on with your right hand. So you yeah. have to keep that trigger depressed and then like, then then you have like this option to right. like reach right. and grab it. And then like, uh, so it's like, you really have to like think carefully about like your fingers and like yeah. controlling this thing you also have like a rope so you can belay um as well like you can like do some cool like swings and grabs um you know there's there's some like puzzle elements to it like how you do it um to like make your way up these really like big climbs and you have a stamina wheel just like in like you know breath of the wild or something like that but you can rest and it will recharge. Okay. When it, the animation when it's resting is like so. If you're if you have climbed ever, you totally know this feeling where you're like, I'm so tired, like my hands hurt yeah. so bad. Like, I just need to yeah. Shake it so out. So he will like sit back on his like rope thing, and he would just like shake out his yeah, hands, and yeah. that's like the rest anime. It's like very true to if you've ever rock climbed ever, like you kind of know that feeling, you know. Um, and yeah, there is like a jumping sort of jump and grab and. What I like about it is that the the climbing mechanic feels like work. It feels like hard work because it is. And it doesn't feel like you're just like scaling this wall like super. You're not just holding up and climbing. You're not like Spider-Man that's just like, I'm just vertically going to. Or it's not like Link in those games where he's like, I'm I'm just going to scale this huge wall. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, You really have to like look for the handholds and like do all that thing. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful art style. Really beautiful. Just kind of environment. Um, I don't want to spoil it because you do have like a very good hint of what happens right in the beginning, like where you are. And so that's 
really interesting that the game world is set where you are um, and that's what you're climbing. Like it's different than what you expect. So yeah, I really, really like it. So I would really you say it. more than 75% of this game is climbing? Yes. Oh, good. Because I, oh, yeah. I was a little bit worried. Like, oh, it might be a switcheroo. No, no, no. Okay, You good. are climbing. Good. It You're kind of reminds me, I, yeah. I forget the name of that other game that I, I've tried the demo for this summer. It's not out yet on Steam. That was kind of a more cartoony version. Okay. That I, I really liked that, but it sounds like there's similar mechanics. There's some swing, yeah. like rope things. Yeah. Like swing on a rope. And yeah, then, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I would say like okay. 80% climbing. Cool. Yeah. I might check this out next. Actually. Very good. I, I was very Six hours. interested It'll in this. It'll be very yeah. quick for you. <clears throat> okay. And you are now playing Fashion Dreamer. I am. Are you a fashion dreamer? I am. I am. Hmm. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm absolutely a fashion dreamer. So yeah, this is the game that I have my eye on for a bit because you guys know that I'm a huge style savvy fan. Actually, was when I was playing this game, I was like, oh man, I have so many style savvy stories that we can tell on the podcast. I need to remember Maybe next week. Remember to tell these because th- those are really fun. Um, and since Sophia was a developer on Style Savvy, so I was very hopeful that this was going to have some cool Style Savvy elements, even though this is not Why is this not savvy. a Style Savvy game? Well, because it isn't Style Savvy. But why? I don't know why. If it's I the same know. team. Yeah, exactly. Same team. I don't know why it's not Style Savvy. But this game is, is it is definitely fun. I'm enjoying it. I'm, I'm, Uh-oh. I'm, I'm, pl- I'm worried now. I'm playing. <laughs> it's um, definitely fun. I'm playing a lot of this game. Yeah. Like, I, I find myself you know, really engaged with the game loop of like collecting new clothing pieces, styling people, same kind of similar to the the game loop for Style Savvy, obviously. The thing about this game, I don't know if other people that have played Style Savvy is feeling, and I love to know if you're playing this game and you're a huge Style Savvy fan, if you feel this too, is there's a bit of like, it's hard to describe it, but it's like, it feels kind of cold oh. to me. Like, Style Savvy, if you guys remember, it's like you are, like, the owner of a boutique. Like, you are, like, starting your your shop and you're trying to get customers in to buy items. You know, you're going to fashion shows to, like, stock your, where, your, your store with new fashion designs. Like, it feels, it has sort of this entrepreneurial spirit of, like, a, a small business owner, okay. I guess. This one, the premise, and it's so fitting for like 2023. It's like, this is what our world is now. The premise of this game is like, you're an influencer and your whole thing is like, you know, how do you get more followers? So this is your life. I don't like it. (laughs) This is not my life. My life is not this. I hope it's not because I I need to be more than how to get more followers. But... Yeah, like it feels, I don't know, it just feels like a little bit like sad that this is the metric of success. Do you I have guess. like a follower tracker? Yes. It's like I need this number to go up? Right. Oh. That is that is like the, the goal of the game. Yeah. Like you have to like grow your subscribers mm. and like when you reach different levels, you get, you unlock stuff like in the game. And everyone around you in the game, like it, they're called your, they're called muses. Um, they kind of, it, it almost feels like robots or something. Who are, like, the, who are these muses? They're just... They're the, like your the, helpers the or... In, the in-game characters, they're all called muses. And your your player character is also called a muse as but well. But like, who would you be interacting with? Those muses. Doing what? They're just standing around. Oh. And then you just like talk to them and you can like, 
if you like their, if you like hit the like button, you can like get their outfit uh-huh. in your inventory or you can style them. But again, it feels very like, it's almost like, are we all like AI? Are Uh-oh. we living inside of Instagram? And like, we're just AI and we're just trying to like get likes. Like, it's like weird. It's a little weird. It's not, it doesn't okay. feel human to me. Mm. I don't know why. Um, so that part of it is like weirding me out a little bit, but you can do very similar things. You can still set up like a showroom um, and, and showcase like your style and you can like decorate the mannequins in your store to look like your style, which you could do in Style Savvy. And they even have this thing like I, I, um, I'm online so you can see like real player characters oh, from around the world. That's neat. So many Japanese characters with like millions of followers already. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. how'd you do this? It's mm-hmm. crazy. Um, Who's the Selena Gomez of fashion dreamer? Exactly. Like I think your your world is contained to like your little server. Yeah. But there's one person in my server that has like, yeah, it's like platinum. This uh-huh. thing, like yeah. some Japanese yeah. person. I have no idea. Um, like you can stream their showrooms. Like you can go to this little place where like you can see you can go and see other people's uh-huh. other players' showrooms. So they call it like showroom streaming. Hmm. So all of it has this like very online like digital kind of theme, and I'm not sure if I like it. I see, but I do like the gameplay. Like I still really like like all the clothes. So the clothes nice. The clothes are super nice okay. and they're so cute and you can do a lot of customization to you know, make your own designs and stuff and that's really fun. It's all like fictional brands and stuff, right? Have they ever yeah. done like an actual brand in one of those games? Yeah. I like bought something from like the actual brand because I was like such a fan oh. of Style Savvy. I was like such a I mean, fan you girl. think that would be a natural thing to do. I was like such a fangirl. Was that like, for the last Style Savvy game? Yeah. Or? I went to Japan and like went and bought like a oh, bunch wow. of clothes from like a, an actual brand that was yeah. in Style Savvy. It was like amazing. Huh. It was so cool that they did that. This is all. And they, they were selling like the same clothes yeah. that were, that's a, like that's, still, that's a great idea. I still idea. have that sweater because yeah. I think it's really cute. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's cool. Um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I do really like it. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm still going to play this game. Like I still like this game, but I don't know. It just feels a little bit like to me like I wish it was right. a little bit like more like more like real I guess mm. I don't know I don't know maybe it's just me I don't know okay. you guys tell me you guys tell me and you have not started Alan Wake yet no I've not started so Alan when's Wake. that gonna happen I'm gonna do it this week okay yeah can you finish you can't finish Fashion Dreamer I don't think I can finish it does it have an end or do you just kind of keep keep going? I just unlocked like a new area. So right now, like you, the starting area, just the social media grind. Can you pivot and become a crypto influencer? Can I? Can you? Maybe get these NFTs. I can make it wearable, can, wearable can, NFTs. Get these. I can these are fungible, hot. Fungible, the fashion. <laughs> so fungible. So fungible. So fashion. Um, yeah, I'm gonna start Alan Wake this week. I'm really excited. I'm a little bit scared. I hope I don't get too scared. Um, but yes, I'm, I, I already downloaded it. It's ready to go. Good. But I'll probably still play Fashion Dreamer on the side. Yeah. Because it's very like, it's not like a, it's not a heavy, play all day yeah. kind of game. Yeah, yeah, it's just yeah. like play for like 20 minutes. Right, of, right. Yeah. Spider-Man, you have finished. I beat Spider-Man's. Yeah. And wow. I am getting, I actually don't have a clue where I am in this you game. You are about one third of the way from the end, I believe, at this point. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you're really getting there. The, the back half of the game like the, the end yeah. of the game like a lot happens. i mean things feel like they're picking up but they're really big moments i don't like, i don't feel like i'm at the end yet right there's like huge moments and and then they, they just sort of 
Yeah, they sort of build and build yeah. and build, and, right. and then you're like, before you know it, you're done. You mm-hmm. know? It's like one of those things where you're like, oh, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we will uh, avoid spoilers here, but if you just want to skip this, you can look at the time scamp and, and jump straight to the, to the news here. Right. So thoughts on the, I guess, sec- second half of the game, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was, this game beginning to end was absolutely fantastic for me. I loved every moment of it. You know, we were talking about this. While you were playing and I had beaten the game already, you were telling me where you were and what was going on. And I think we both were just super impressed with like the character development in this game. Yeah. You know, every character, they, they treat them with such like, you know, they, they have such like rich backstories and you really understand what's motivating these characters, whether they're heroes or, or quote, villains or bad guys. Like you kind of, like you feel for them. Yeah. Like there's yeah. no... No single character in this game where I was like, well, why is this person so mad? Or like, why is this person so happy? Like, you just know why. Like, you really understand what their, you know, motivations are. And I thought that was so well done. And, you know, some of these battles with these big sort of quote-unquote bosses or whatever, like, it it felt really different than, like, traditional video games where you're like, I gotta vanquish, like, the devil incarnate or something where it's like just this evil and then you have to get rid of it like that's not the case at all you have like all of these other things sort of pulling you towards your feelings about these characters you know and you just did a fight recently that i thought was i you said it was weird i thought it was great because it was so unique in that way where it's like this is can be considered a boss battle of sorts but what a funny and interesting way to treat a boss battle Mm. you know so I really like that about it. Um, but I thought that the the story like held up beginning to end so well. The gameplay was so fun for this entire game. I never felt bored. I was always just like surprised by, oh, I get to play as this character now? Holy moly, this is awesome. You right, know, and right. I always felt like good when I was doing it. <clears throat> right, so, right, right. Yeah. So, you know, I was surprised. <clears throat> and again, I, I've still got a bit of a ways to go. It's not a spoiler to say like, yeah, Ven- Venom is kind of like the big... And, we know Venom is in the game. Right, the big like <laughs> endpoint of of like what you're doing in this game, but I was surprised at how much game you get through before you even see Venom. Obviously yeah. like the symbiote suit is there from you know pretty much the beginning and you're learning about it and you're doing you know different things are happening with it. But I expected like oh yeah, like a couple hours into this game it was like oh no, Venom's on the loose. We got to we got to get him. But they really like do build you up, build up tension mm-hmm. and anticipation with that, and it is impactful um, when you finally get to that point. And there, I, I had a lot of questions about how they were going to ultimately execute it because, like, there's been you know different iterations of that in the comics. So I was like, well, which of these are they going to kind of pull inspiration from? Yeah. Because originally, the original Venom was with a character who's not even in this game. Right. So they kind of did take a different path with that. And you're focusing on this other enemy, Craven, earlier on, who he is he is one of the kind of like longtime top Spider-Man villains. He, I, I would never be like, oh, he's he's my favorite villain. Um, but they did a really great job with yeah, him of, of, really of making him a believable adversary. And giving him a lot of motivation mm-hmm. and being, you know, a fearsome, you a lot about Craven. a fearsome yeah. opponent. So I actually, I think they're making a Craven movie. 
okay. That sounds like a, the next comic book movie to absolutely bomb, but... That doesn't seem like a maybe good idea, I'm, I'm but sure. Maybe I'm 0.1% more interested in that movie than I was before. I liked the, the, the characterization of Craven and his, like, merry band of hunters in the game. Yeah. Like, that was... That was cool. Like, he, that was he, br he brought in literally like two million hunters into New York City and nobody yeah. seems to no notice. One, like, and like a tiger. <laughs> are there, yeah, there's like, why are there two million guys wearing like a fur jacket like all like, of a why sudden? Why are they all like fatigued? Yeah. Like, why are they on the roof with like a sniper right Yeah, that was a bit. Giant That was knife. a bit much. I, I really do continue to be very impressed with the combat system. So good. Of this. Like I, I'm... I think I was hinting at that before of like, yeah, I th I, this might be up there with like those recent God of War games. I think I just like this better. Um, There's just so much depth to it. And I'm, I'm still like finding ways to approach battles and like all those different skill trees. We talked about those last week of, does it get overwhelming? Like you can craft pretty specific different paths. characters. Like I just yeah. got a perk that gives you more damage when you're fighting in the air. So that's mm -hmm. a move I like I to do is you punch them too. up and then you hit them in the air and you yeah. can you can juggle them like a long time. And you can juggle like if you have that other um, Miles one where he like electrifies them in oh, the air. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You can just go from one to the next. Right. And it feels really good. It right. feels super right, satisfying. Right, right, And yeah, it, it's very, you know, he's got, Spider-Man's got spider, spider senses. So yes. he is dodging all sorts of attacks. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's very heavy on the dodging timing. and the timing and the parrying yes. where like it can feel like you're just dodge, dodge, dodge. But that, like, that is the Spider-Man experience. Like you, these people can't hit him because he knows what's coming and he's, he's right. getting out of the way of that. So that's great. Um, you know, I have not played this game so much this way, but I could see myself doing more of it, um, once I finish the main story of just like kind of leisurely going around the city and doing stuff as it pops up. Like mm -hmm. I think that was like a lot of the fun of GTA games. It was like, I'm just cruising and something. You can just turn on the little like neighborhood app. Yeah. And like something yeah. will happen and, and I'll do that. Like I, I don't really have anything in mind, but I could see it's like, yeah, I'm just swinging around. I'm, I'm looking around like, oh, there's this thing and I'm going to go take care of that. Mm -hmm. Or, oh yeah, there's this, this side I, story I, I haven't that. done. Like right where, when I was got to where you were, yeah. like I started doing that more because I didn't want the game to end. Yeah. And there's a lot of like really funny, like interesting side quests yeah. and sort of little things, just little happenings mm -hmm. in the city. Um, that just you just kind of stumble upon, discover. It, it is really well done. You do yeah. have that sense of like, oh, New York is you know, teeming with things that uh, that's going on mm -hmm. and, and things to do. So yeah, yeah, and I do think I'm trying to think of what else there'd be like. If if somebody said like I'm getting a PS5, like what game should I get? Like this would probably be the game that I would recommend. Tell them to get. Mm, yeah. Because I think most people would like it, and it's incredibly well done. Mm -hmm. And there's probably like a couple games that I'm forgetting that would also be good recommendations. But like, I think this is very firmly like in the like game of the year conversation. Yeah. And, and again, in a way that that, that I was not expecting it to be at all. And you know, I, every day I look forward to, to playing it. And um, I've also started going back and reading some of the Miles Morales comics. Oh, that's awesome. Some of the original, like when, when he was first introduced as a character, which was a lot longer ago than I thought. It was like over 10 years ago. They first oh, wow. introduced him. And he's gone through that thing where he's like, oh, well, he was in this universe first, and then they brought him into this universe. Oh, and boy. I, I don't love that stuff. 
And and actually, it was so I have so you have it too. We have we have Marvel Unlimited, Unlimited yeah. which just gives you access to like every Marvel awesome. comic ever. It's like super nice, but it was very hard to find. Like, start with this, read this, and then yeah. move on to this. It was, it was kind we of need a, to give you more guides. Kind like of annoying that. to find like the definitive reading guide for for this very important character now. But it is good to get, you know, more more backstory on the character and understand how he got set up in the comics and and I you know, there are some differences between how he's portrayed in the games versus how it is in the comics. That's something that's cool, is like they are not like a hundred they're not trying to be like a hundred percent like a retelling of the comics. Right. They do have right. their own take, which you know, depending on whose hands it was in, that, that could be a bummer, but like they, they do it really well. It's it's like Marvel level storytelling. That's the thing. Like, it feels like it fits within the universe of Spider-Man. Yeah. And, but it's not like, they're not like limiting themselves to just doing it this one way because of the comics or even the movies. Yeah. So they do a good job of sort of taking some liberties where they need yeah. to for their for this particular story. I, I thought this was probably one of the best stories of the year. Mm. Um, unless I play Alan Wake and it totally shakes it up. This is like best narrative, hands down. Yeah. Um, I'm just so impressed with, like, again, beginning to end. Everything just links together so perfectly. You really understand, like, why people are behaving the way they are. And, and even at the very end when you, like, stuff happens, you're like, yeah, I get it. Like, this is this is what would happen. If yeah. the, the, these things leading up to it, like, this is 100% what, what would happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Really incredible. And uh, I think you're getting to a part now too where th there's a one thing that you know we kind of both experience in the middle of the game, where it, the gameplay really kind of was heavy on Peter Parker. And yes. we're like, Oh, we wish we wish we could play more as Miles. Mm -hmm. um, you're getting to the part where it's very back to being like Miles and Peter, like yeah. very equal. Yeah. So I felt like that was a good way to. End the game just like kind of seeing those two characters interact yeah. with each other, right? Right. Um, and just like understanding their relationship with each other was really important as well. Mm -hmm. So I, I really liked the way that they kind of had this build up towards towards that as well. Yeah. So yeah. So I'll probably finish that in the next couple of days. Yeah. And yeah, then I do there. want to check out Juson. It's great that that's short. Mm -hmm. Another game that I saw reviews started to hit for is Like a Dragon Gaiden, which people seem to really yeah. like. So this is the Hawaii one, right? No, no, no. This is this is back to the Kiryu oh, story. Yeah, but oh people say this is like super good and like pretty essential. So I would like to check that out. That is another. It's it's kind of like those that year we had those Pokemon games, kind of pretty back to back. Yeah, where you know the um, Infinite Wealth is is pretty early. Next year, so that's right. Yeah, I, that's the Hawaii one. That's the Hawaii one. Yeah. I'm curious how long this this um, Gaiden game is. I don't want to burn out on on Yakuza before that that game comes out. But yeah, that sounds like it's maybe that could be next for me. Okay, but I thought you were gonna play Star Wars. Star Wars is the game that just perpetually gets. I think you should definitely try to play <laughs> that game before I, I do. Game of the yes, year I, stuff I, I will, and I, I agree, and I will. You are our our Star Wars expert. I'm we anticipating to... that game to be deep on sale over Thanksgiving. Yeah, we need you to. We need your. Yeah. We need you to to that's, cover. For that's that what game. I have in the back of my head, which is I could probably get this game for like twenty dollars. Okay, over, that's a way to think about it. Over Thanksgiving, yeah. All right. So yes. The games continue. Yes.
Let's move on to some news. This was honestly a very weird news week <laughs> until I woke up to this. Yeah. Like, Here we go. Here's some real news. Uh, Nintendo has added more bundles for Black Friday. For oh, the bundles. You know, they, they confirmed the Mario Kart bundle mm-hmm. like a long time, like two months ago or of something. Of course. They always have the Mario Kart And bundle. that was a bit anticlimactic because it's the same bundle we've had and always will have. So we thought, well, that's just the thing. But, you know, this is more the timing when they would announce their Black Friday plans. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so we have a couple new things. We have the Smash Brothers Ultimate OLED Switch Bundle. Yep. That's coming November 19th for $349. I think that saves you about 60-something dollars. I saw people saying that has the design on the Joy-Con. How is this different from the bundle when the game first came out? That bundle did not have the game. That didn't have the you game. You don't remember at all. Got that it. didn't have the game. Yeah. But it had that same design, right? It did have the same design. Okay. Yeah. Right, right, right. So that's a great, and, and it has the OLED too. It's, it's not the OLED. It's not the, it's jank, not the, not jank the original old model. Switch. Yeah. yeah. And then we also have this new um, Joy-Con. Actually, actually, I think we may have done this. This looks familiar to me as well. This Mar- Super Mario Party Plus Joy-Con. Mm-hmm. It may be different colored Joy-Con. It's different colors. But I remember this. This is ringing a bell to me. This is giving me some feelings. Yeah, this is game and Joy-Con. Game plus Joy-Con. We, we've had this before. I thought so. So okay. it has a red and blue Joy-Con November 10th. Mm-hmm. Well, that's in like, that's later this week. For $99. Yeah. So that's in addition to the Mario Kart. Um, you know, none of these are like, oh my God, level savings but right. it is a good offering yeah and and they pick two games that are like games extremely popular right games you can again they're they're always trying to get grandma and like the entire family to play over the holidays and so having another like multiplayer game like smash yeah makes sense. there was or always Mario a party every year there was always a little bit of like regret after black friday like oh we didn't do enough we'll do more next year and it's like well here comes the mario kart bundle <laughs> it's like nobody <laughs> nobody learned but this i mean there again nothing is that crazy of value but there is more yeah, variety there's more variety so maybe that's their thinking is like well we'll get more types of consumers by having a wider range of different of kinds offerings. of multiplayer games. And I mean $60 savings, nothing it's not, to, bad. it's not it's not crazy. I don't think at this point I haven't seen the Sony or Xbox deals. Yeah. They, do they have deals? I mean I mean you could do I mean you could do a very discounted Series S. You could do like I don't know you could do like a $200 Series S. Whoa. Like that would be a very deep cut, but I mean, who knows what they want to accomplish. Yeah. Um, with Black Friday. They they had typically been very aggressive. Um, with their deals. So we'll see how that plays out. I honestly don't do a lot of shopping on Black Friday. I so don't I, either. I kind of don't care, but... Yeah, I don't either. Know. But but It's but, an interesting thing to track. But $60 is a pretty good discount. And right, you're buying right. it as a gift for somebody or something, right. that might be nice. Yeah. And then we got to look out for the inevitable momentum release. It's coming. Uh, which would be like... That Monday That, that Monday after, following so Black Friday. I believe is the date. Because that's when Nintendo would put out like, hey, we sold, you know, X X number over Black Friday. That's where, you know, we've not yet gotten really... um, A Mario Wonder Wonder, global data. Or even like, I don't think NOA data really. Yeah. They haven't said too much about that. So they could pack a whole bunch of things into that. Or it could disappoint we get nothing. (laughs) They could be disappointed and we get Right. I mean, there have been years where it's like, if we don't hit... Some, some number that we're not yeah, going to do it exactly, and that that's definitely something that could happen. I mm-hmm. think there's also a, there's a financials. Coming there's up. a financial update. I think this week, right? 
that, 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 that may have some, already happened by the time this is out. Might get some inklings of what's going on. I'm sure they did fine. Oh, yeah. Uh, this was a funny next story here. So there was some drama at Microsoft about how employees that were outside of the Xbox organization were losing this perk that oh. they had, which was everybody got uh, Game Pass Ultimate. Wow. And That's a nice perk. Out of the blue, all of a sudden, the Xbox employees still had it, but everybody at Microsoft who worked outside of Xbox, if I'm working on Excel... I no longer got this. No. And this caused apparently some amount of drama over at Microsoft and people were like tagging Phil Spencer and like whatever the internal, the teams or whatever that oh. they were doing. Like what's going on? In the Slack? Teams. Microsoft oh, teams. teams. Of course. Yeah. Who can forget Microsoft teams? <laughs> they made it. Who can forget They've Microsoft They've got to use teams. it. Oh my gosh. Um, and he had to step in. And here is uh, the, we have the internal memo that course, Phil Spencer himself wrote. After looking into this more with the team, I just want to confirm that no change will be made to Game Pass availability in 2024. If you have access to the Game Pass offer today, you will continue to have access. I appreciate the time to get up to speed and sorry for the questions and confusion created. And thanks for supporting Xbox. So it sounds like oh. he had no clue this was even happening. And I guess it, it, there was no... It was fine in some, the end. Maybe some in, some benefits person was like, we don't need this anymore. Turned it off, turned save, it back on? Save a bit of money here. What money? Make these people buy it. That's the money. That's mean. Again, these companies got to make some money. They're, they're desperate oh, to make some money. Microsoft. When is Microsoft going to catch a break? Come when, on. When are those poor people at Microsoft ever going to catch a break? The thing on the list of things to do <laughs> at this time. No, I mean, we... So, it was interesting at Nintendo because... So, our team... We did get samples of every first-party game. Yes. That was a very nice perk. It was a good perk. But some teams, a lot of teams did not get that right. perk. Right, And sometimes it was teams that you think should have that perk. Right, and it was kind of unfortunate. And they would like come to us and be like, can you help me get a code yeah, for this? I worked always, on this game. Can you help me? It's like, well, yes, but why them. is this not like just everybody... We also or, had to beg for NSO family plan codes that one time mm. because they didn't give us give us the NSO plan, and we were like, shouldn't we get access to NSO? And then they like gave us like a one year membership right, to it, I right. think. But yeah, under we, we, duress. Under duress. Yeah, hardware was always the thing. Is like you got to buy that yourself. Hardware, we yeah. never, we never, we never, we never got, got hardware. hardware. Yeah, yeah. Even the, the lowly Wii U, we had to go buy that. We had to buy our own Wii U's. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Hardware so. was tough, yeah. Did you know that BlizzCon happened? Yes, I did. Oh, actually. you did? I oh. did, actually. Yes, that happened uh, late last week and into the weekend. Didn't strike me as the biggest BlizzCon ever in terms of things happening. Yeah, it seemed pretty low-key. Yeah. But they did announce the first expansion for Diablo 4. Okay. Is coming in 2024. They also said it's going to add a new class. And the location of this expansion is going to be, uh, where is it here? Where is it? The location? It's the, it's the uh, jungle setting from Diablo 2. Aha. Yes. Yes. And feature, feature Mephisto, who of course is a long-term, why am I not finding, oh, Nahantu, it's in the first line. <laughs> Nahantu is the name of it. 
Uh, Diablo 4 is a game that we dropped like a hot potato. We did. Maybe we should go back to Diablo and when this launches. Because we, oh yes, we we got early codes for Starfield, so yeah, we had we to played Starfield. We had to drop uh, Diablo Four. I would be, I would love to go back to Diablo. I 4. think we can at this point. Yeah. The setting of this expansion that was not my favorite area of mm. Diablo Two, to be quite yeah, honest. Mine either. It was kind of like Gross. you know. Mayan ruins yeah. in, the, in the jungle kind the of jungle kind of thing. Was, I was like, yeah. this doesn't feel super Diablo-y to it doesn't me. Doesn't feel like fantasy. So that's not yeah. that's not really super exciting to me. They so there was also they, they didn't say exactly what this new class was, but there was a data mine where people figured out a lot of things about this. So people right. are, are kind of putting the pieces together and they, they think, think it's like a druid barbarian. So spirit hybrid. born, they think, is what this class would be, which would be a, a new class for Diablo. Okay. And they, the description says, a nature-based warrior that cleaves through enemies with a glaive similar to a druid barbarian hybrid. Seems like something up your alley. You could... If I was to make a new character, and I still have my first character, which is barbarian, right. I, I would go druid. So that's perfect for you. I would go druid. Now you have a druid barbarian hybrid, if that's true. It's kind of interesting. Glaive? I don't know. What, what, what the heck is a glaive? It's like a spear. It's like a spear? Yeah. Not the biggest spear guy. Really? No. Oh. I want to really hack away. Hack. I'm just going to keep playing Barbarian. <laughs> you do like Barbarian. <laughs> or you turn to the bear and just like swipe at people. Yeah. Yeah. That's I want, cool. I want power. I want strength. You don't have this. That's what I want. Life. That's but I life. want it. But you don't okay? Get it. <laughs> I <laughs> want it. upside down. Yeah. Muscle. Exactly. I want it, you see. Okay. Last story here, we were again we we're talking about Fortnite and you oh. were you were concerned trolling about the future of Fortnite. I wasn't, I'm just saying. So the new big update in Fortnite is the original Fortnite map. Yeah. And this is working. Uh, apparently they have had like their biggest week in in like a very, very, very long time. Right. So they had over five million concurrent players. Uh, over a 24-hour period, which they said was almost double what it has been having for nice. the rest of the year. Okay. So, I wonder if they... I have a feeling they probably knew, like, yeah, this is going to be pretty big. Because right. they, they did change, like, they changed the, the Fortnite map to something completely different mm -hmm. a while back. Is Fortnite now a nostalgia game? That's what I was just going to say, is, like, it feels like... When you have to rely, though, on nostalgia, is that, like, your last-ditch effort? That's what I'm wondering, too. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. once that wears off... Well, then the that... second map becomes nostalgic, and you can switch back to that. It's not going to last that long. <laughs> it's not going to last... 2018 is when yeah. they first played this, this now it's of, 2023. This kind of feels like a last-ditch It's like a last-ditch last effort. effort. When right. you pull on the heartstrings of nostalgia... And now you kind of have to keep it at this, or otherwise people would be like, no, no, this is what we actually wanted all along. Right. Yeah. So you sort of... Take me back to the Halcyon days of slamming Prime and watching the Five Nights at Freddy's movie while playing the original Fortnite map. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good for them. I wonder how long this is going to be sustained for, you know, because it is like, it, it does feel like one of those like band-aid over the, the, the bleeding situation, you know? So. Maybe you just don't overthink it and be like, yeah, we're just going back to this. This is the map. It's great. It's iconic for a reason. We're just sticking with it. Okay. Yeah. People can get bored of it? I don't know. I mean, you can Maybe keep not. adding, you know... Skins, skins over it or whatever. And, and, you know, other sure. thematic sorts of things. 
or like limited time modes. This is the map that we we played when we shortly our short. When was the last time you played Fortnite? Oh, we saw Nintendo at that time, I think. You haven't played Fortnite since you left Nintendo? I think so. Oh no. I have a lot of V-Bucks. I have. You were, you were obsessed with V-Bucks for some so reason. I was obsessed with Like anytime you would get like an eShop character, like I'm, I'm immediately buying V-Bucks. And I would say, what are you doing with these? I You're just like, wanted I them. I just wanted to have them. I just want them. I have a lot still. You should go buy something. I should. Before this game goes under. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should play the OG map. I think you should. I mean, it's it's still fun. Like I go, I go back Remember like very rarely. And you basically had to carry me through the entire Yeah, very rarely. I like I'll go back and play it for a little bit. Like it's still fun. We, I it's think, still good. I think the ex Nintendo crew wanted to play this game as like a hangout game. So we yeah. should do that. It's okay. a it's a great hangout game. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we'll see how long they support this. That's the news. Again, a, ve a very strange news week if we were not bailed out by these bundles. <laughs> oh, the bundles. We that's don't have the, much here. That's the way that's the the, the entire thing is hinged on is the right. bundles. All right, questions from our Patreon subscribers. We get each and every question from our Patreon subscribers. First is from Frulia. Apart from getting fired, what were some common workplace <laughs> fears at Nintendo? Accidentally leaking something was a common fear. Oh, man. Yeah. Right? Accidentally saying something wrong and then leaking something that you weren't supposed to was pretty scary. Yeah, or like... Reply like, oh, I, I, I put, I input the wrong thing into the, in the Outlook, and it's got the email got sent to the wrong person. Oh, like that would be scary. Like that happened. That like, happens when during E three. Because like we work with, like there are some people who would not talk to anybody outside of Nintendo. But like if you work with media or other people, Your like if you're just jamming away on an email and you do the autocomplete, it could be like. Oh, like, it's, it's, it it's, like Jason blah, it's blah. John Smith at IGN and not John Sutherland internal. Yeah. Oops. Yeah. And then you could do that. That literally happened to somebody that would work. Like, with. I would look very careful. Like, yes, 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 yes. Those, line, those um, two lines can get real long. Yeah, too, you got to scroll down. Yeah. Yeah, that happened to somebody during E3. Right. And they sent an internal document to a journalist. Mm -hmm. That person was very nice and did not leak it. Whoops. But that leaks. Scary, scary things. Leaks. Yeah, yeah. Um, other things, commonplace fears. Uh, doing a presentation at Nintendo was terrifying. Um, okay. There is this thing that we used to have to do on the marketing team called a plan presentation. So every game that gets launched, every department has a person that is leading that plan um, for that for the marketing of that game. So like, let's say you're working on Breath of the Wild, like you would have a PR person, a, a communications person on, you have an advertising person on, you would have like a retail person on it, digital, dot com, et cetera, et cetera. And then you would have to go into this big meeting with all of the Nintendo executives, like Reggie included, or whoever the president was, Doug. Um, and you would have to present like what you would be doing. What are you gonna do? Um, to launch this game or to support the game. And it was basically like, a, it was like you were walking into an execution range. <laughs> like you can just be, you are guaranteed to be yelled at, to make to be feel stupid, <laughs> to basically have someone tell you that your ideas are terrible, oh. and to just pick at you until you have nothing left in your soul. So like that's what those felt like, and it was like horrible, horrible um, to have to do these things. And then and then afterwards, if you didn't do a good job, which you never did, you would get yelled at by your boss for like failing. <laughs> And so it was, it was awful. Like having to do this was like such a thing of stress for a lot of people. People were traumatized from this. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Probably could have come up with a better way of doing I think that. so. Yeah. 
Talk about piling on, right? That was where, like, if anyone said anything, any executive said yeah. anything. People were just, like, on eggshells for those just, meetings. It was horrible, yeah. really. It got better during the pandemic, actually, though, because people chilled out during the pandemic because there's, like, much bigger things to yeah. worry about. And because you didn't have to be in person, you could just read the plan you have notes. off yeah. of your computer. Imagine if you had to do an in-person presentation now. What would oh you, you couldn't do it. I mean, I could do it, but... Could you? Yes. Really? Absolutely. I no notes. No I don't nothing. Need notes. Um, but not not a Nintendo presentation because those are bad. But like I was I was laughing so hard because um, one of the people that we used to work with that was doing the social media section of the plan, mm -hmm. like I read his I read his notes during the plan presentation for like one of the games. He had written himself a script. Great. It Whatever was it takes. So smart. Do it. Because yeah, because this is a yeah. terrible situation. I mean, terrible situation to be in so he made himself feel confident by writing yeah. himself a, he even had like transitions it was brilliant it was like this is like a little joke that jokes he, like, inserted a little <laughs> no, joke that might be going too no, far it was good i was like this is a good idea like i wish i came up with this you know because i would get really nervous about these two and i would just like fumble my way through it but like he had like all of these like great transitions like getting from one activity to the next. I was like, wow, this is, this is so good. So good. Um, but yeah, that was really scary. People were really, a lot of people were really scared of those. Yeah. Really scared. Uh, there is the fear of A, just being on social media was one. Oh. And then the other fear for the people who were on social media was having something like go viral on social media. Oh. So I saw this recently. Again, I will not name who this is, but somebody who still works at Nintendo mm -hmm. who um, posted that they, they, you know, they worked on Mario Wonder and they were like, oh, I'm so, I'm so happy that people are enjoying the game. It was such a joy to be, you know, have a very small role in this project or something. And that post went viral. And the person had to follow it up with a tweet. It was like, to clarify, <laughs> I did not work on the, it was like such a like sad little thing of like, to clarify, I was not the game developer. Somebody told him to I, do I, that, that's why. Right, so it's like, first of all, why is this necessary? Why, why can this not just be a thing and without that people? stabbing a lot. Right, like that, that would instill fear of like, oh no. This very innocent nothing that I tweeted went viral. Somebody's gonna be mad. I know. That's scary. People did get really Did you mad. have that fear? I didn't because I knew better. I never had that fear at all. I, yeah. I just I avoided anything right. that was not like retweeting a Nintendo Minute, talking about what I had for dinner, <laughs> and sharing a picture of my dog. That's still my Twitter now, so yeah. it's not exciting. <laughs> um, but because I was I was like, I've seen so many people get like yelled at and get in trouble for something innocent, yeah. quote unquote, going viral, right. which was not their intention at all. Right. Like, but I mean, there were some people who did some boneheaded things. That's true. on social media that that kind of deserved sure that. But like, but there was being people. worried about something like that is yeah. like you just kind of feel bad. That was you know that was bad. It's like, come on, yeah, we don't bad. need that. Yeah. That was bad. Yeah. No shortage of things. Right. Yeah. Yes. Ninja Eleven. Ask, hey Kit and Crystal, when the Switch 2 releases, how long do you think we will be seeing support for the OG Switch? Nintendo doesn't seem to fully stop making titles for old hardware until the new hardware is a guaranteed success. However, this decision came back to bite them as the 3DS Mario and Luigi remakes released during the Switch sold poorly as a result. How long will they support Switch 1 before only focusing on Switch 2? Thanks. 
Yeah, I, I, you know, we talk about this a lot about this transition period being really tough and like when do you switch your resources over to like support the new thing? I think there's obviously going to be some period of time. I'm, I'm sure for like at least the entirety of 2024, if we are thinking Switch 2 will be announced, you know, next year and released next year for the entirety of 2024, they will continue to support the original Switch, especially because the life cycle has been so strong and the install base is like so massive. You want to give people time to like move over. Yeah. And also give them, don't give them like a reason to stop playing your anything. Right. Like that's the, that's the sort of the really um, like wildly crazy thing about Switch is that like seven, eight years, whatever, eight years later, people are still like daily playing their Switch. You don't want to disincentivize those people to do that because you're not supporting it anymore. I agree. So, yeah. I think the Wii U to Switch transition was different because yeah. they just had to move on as fast as possible and yeah. had, had no reason to continue to support mm -hmm. the system that was that nobody liked. Yeah. So I think in this case, it makes sense to support it for a good while because right. you'll have people who, you know, maybe it's hard to find. You just can't get one for a while. Mm -hmm. you, you want those people to not feel, you know, that there's still something for them or maybe there's people who need a bit more time or coaxing to mm -hmm. make the move. Yeah. And again, you want them to feel good about staying in the, you're still in the Nintendo ecosystem. You know, right. somebody who's playing is more likely to move on eventually than somebody who has just got the thing in a drawer and completely forgotten about it. Right. So I do think that's a good best practice is, you know, if you're going from a positive system to another one that you hope to be a hit, don't just pull the plug. There are there are some examples of pulling the plug. There were always very specific reasons mm -hmm. for those companies to do that. Like the first the first Xbox was such a like slam the door. We gotta because move on. I mean they, they just had so much new like you're moving to HD, we got this new version of Xbox Live. Like mm -hmm. this is just so much better in every possible way. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. And I think this point about 3DS too is really interesting because that was like that transition from having two heart like systems in the in the yeah, in the yeah. ecosystem in like the world right like you have like a handheld and a quote home console and this consolidation of that is largely responsible for the success of the Switch I think so it'll be easier for them honestly to support keep supporting Switch One when we move over because they don't right. have to like deal with that like. Oh, but this was only on a handheld. That audience is a little bit different, and then we had to do all this stuff for this, you know, home console. Like it feels very cumbersome to have all those steps, but you yeah. know, they won't have that problem yeah. this time. Ma managing your inventory becomes a thing yeah. here because you do want to sell out of all of the old things. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you stop releasing games, that might not happen, and you're just stuck, right? With all of these, like they will eventually do steps leading up to the Switch 2 to start to move that inventory. But you want to, there is like a best way to time that um, as much as you can. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of considerations. Banana Bread Slice is next. Hi Kit and Krista, several of your Nintendo stories revolve around business trips you had to take to demo games for journalists on the East Coast. With the post-pandemic advent of better ways to do video calls and screen sharing remotely, do you think Nintendo is still doing these trips or will that become less of an emphasis or will nothing replace playing games in person? Yeah, Nintendo definitely, we, we worked with what we had during the pandemic when we were there. We, we definitely tried to do things remotely. How quickly did we get a 
a solution for that? I'm trying to remember. We were lucky because we had just implemented a Zoom like right before the pandemic, yeah, remember? Right. It was like not pandemic related. It was just like we are upgrading our video conferencing systems. And largely that was because we had all those remote offices and we we're working with, you know, people yeah. in Nintendo Canada and other parts of Nintendo or other parts of the country. Um, so we, I think at Nintendo, they are like really lucky because right when that transition was happening, the pandemic happened. Yeah, it could have been bad if they didn't have that. Didn't have a solution that would have been bad. Um, so that kind of got up and running pretty fast and, and there there is like a way to do it, you know, with video calls and stuff like that. But yeah, I, I really don't think there's a way to replace playing games in person though. Like Nintendo has fully gotten back to you need in to person. take your shoes off and put your bare foot on that balance board. You need to luge in a skirt. <laughs> um, and everyone needs to watch. But yeah, you like, I feel like they're fully back to their yeah. old like schedule mm -hmm. of press events and trips. There's so many New York trips that happened yeah. already this year yeah. Yeah. Um, to do these kinds of like in-person gameplay things, like preview events. That's what we used to work yeah. on all the time. It is so. good to have this as a fallback yeah it's like oh this person's not available that day or like remember when i told the story of the blizzards like how are you going to make this up well that's how we could have made it that's up that's true we didn't have that yeah, back then we didn't though. have that back so then. it's a nice fallback but yeah they're back to doing yeah that as the priority yeah. way of doing it exactly yeah. gartooth asks now that you've each played through mario wonder where would you like to see 2d mario go from here would you like to see them make a sequel, building on Wonder, do a Mario Maker 3, or do a completely new concept for 2D Mario? Hmm. I definitely don't know if I want another Mario Maker 3. I feel oh, like, really? I feel like I might be over that genre. Oh, I disagree. You want, you want to I, write the wrongs of Mario Maker 2? Yeah. Mario Maker 2 left me with a bad taste in my mouth. Okay. I don't... I, Mario Maker 3 doesn't have to be like the next thing in 2D Mario. They can do it whenever they feel ready. Mm -hmm. But I do want that. I still think there's a lot of great ideas there. They can get the online right, hopefully. And recapture that Mario Maker 1 feeling and make it more of an ongoing thing, I feel. Okay. I would love that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I haven't run out of ideas. I'm like you. I have so many ideas, no, but I just, I feel like that, like, that type of game exists. Like, Mario Wonder 1 was one of those things, Mario Wonder 1, Mario Maker 1 was one of those things that, like, existed in a different world almost. And I don't know if we can replicate that, and I'm just scared of being disappointed again, because I really was for Mario Maker 2. Um, I would really just like to see them push what they are doing in Wonder, like some of those ideas in Wonder, like further. Oh, um, for 2D so like Mario. a Mario Galaxy 2, just like keep building on the same idea. Yeah, because okay. there's so many creative ideas, I think, that are in Mario Wonder. Like one, one example is like they really went deep on like music and rhythm. Like could they push that aspect a little bit more? Bongos? We need bongos. Bongo controller? We need bongos. Do that with your shoes off. Um, <laughs> Foot bongos. <Got> it. <laughs> Yeah, but there are so many, like, some of these wonder effects, they, they were, like, very short, you know, and yeah. very, like, contained to one level, and that was it. Like, is there a way to build out something something into, like, a bigger presence in the game? Because some of them are so creative and so much fun. Um, can we add more, like, power-ups? Is there other cool transformations that is like an elephant that can 
push, you know, the gameplay of a 2D Mario game. Like, I would love to see that. The reason I said they can do Mario Maker 3 whenever is that I don't know how you... So those, those wonder effects feel very hard to put in a Mario Maker game. Yeah. Because they're all just, you know, these one-of-a-kind things. And we've got, you know, a hundred of them. Every level has a different one. So I could see... Maybe they could make, like, 20 off-the-rack ones mm. that are kind of, like, the most universal but that feels like you're missing the point of the surprise of that so i don't unless you you can make your own wonder effect i don't know how you can do that how would you do that that seems like way too deep programmy right how would you crunchy not not for the general player sort of thing so that's that i i like your idea of is you know mario galaxy 2 started as mario galaxy 1.5 but they just came up with so much more i I would like that if they if they Mm -hmm. have enough to sustain that that could be cool um, but I, I do hope that they learn from new Super Mario, Bro- Super Mario Brothers where, you know, they just drove that thing into the ground yeah. of just, let's, let's come up with the next idea for 2D Mario and let's mm-hmm. move on to that. So that could be a whole new graphical look, a whole new gameplay hook, whatever it may be, you know, don't feel like just because this was popular, you have to keep doing that because yeah. we now have the proof point that that can get stale. Right, right. I wouldn't say like, just make it like super repeated, repeated, like that what happened with the new Super Mario Brothers series. Um, but there just seems to be so many creative things, like creative threads that can be pulled a little bit more from Wonder that I would just love to see. Like if that, if certain aspects of that game was given its like more attention, like what could that look like? It's yeah. really cool. Let us ride a Yoshi in the next one, please. Yeah. Yeah. I would like that. Bad Moon Horizon asks, hello, Kit and Krista, when you create custom characters in a game, do you try to make something as close to the real you as possible, or do you take the opportunity to try something different? I'm constantly torn between creating myself to feel more in the game or being something different than what I am in my everyday life. What is the real you, by the way? I don't know yet. What do you mean? You do know. I don't know. You're looking at it. I don't know. Who's the real you? You don't know that either. It's a secret. Look in the mirror. (laughs) It's a secret. Um, I use the opportunity to create a custom character to try out different hair colors. Oh. So I'll usually like create a character that looks kind of like me, but with a different hair color to see if I like the hair color. And if I do like it, then I'll dye my hair that color. Huh. (laughs) That's what I do. Okay. What do you do? I will usually try to get close to myself. Yeah. These these character creators are so detailed. They are so detailed. You can do it. Yeah. But in the times where you can't, so like Baldur's Gate actually had a more limited character yeah. creator than you might think. That's where I was like, all right, I'm, I'm imagining this character that I want to play as. Right. And I'm going to work towards that. So like yeah. I, I was a dwarf and I was like, what, you know, what's going to look like the coolest dwarf yeah. for me? And I was very happy with how my dwarf right. um, turned out. It was definitely not based on me, but uh, I still liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Tuscoob asks, in our final question, hi, Kit and Krista, amid such an insanely, intensely release-heavy season, I must ask, how do you balance completing new games with playing older titles? Do you tend to go back and find classic titles you missed out on to play, or do you stick to what's recently come out? Thank you for your insight. Gosh, I feel like I've just been barely keeping up with the recent releases, so I really haven't had a chance to even go back to my backlog at all this like literally at all this year i've just been 
barely keeping up with all the new releases. So this year was definitely different because usually I try to balance it between a new game and then like something in my backlog. But not this year. This year has just been like... Well, then like February next year, you're going to break. You're going to say, I'm bored. I'm so bored. I'm going to get bored. There's nothing out. Sucks. I'm going to get bored. I'm definitely going to get bored. You know this is happening. <laughs> you're going to be like, you can play this game. That happened. We had like a one week break earlier this year. And you were like, I'm so I'm bored. I was bored enough Can't to play Fire Emblem Engage. That was a mistake. That was a mistake. That <laughs> sure. was okay. And then it wasn't. Um, but yes, this year I have just been playing like heavy hitter game after you know, after big game. I do like that some of the new games, like Jusant, for example, is great as a palate cleanser between two big games. So I'm glad that these more contained experiences still exist and gives you a breather. Because like after playing such a huge narrative game, like going to the next huge narrative game seems like, whew, like overwhelming. So you do need that little palate cleanser. So I do do that, but... I haven't been doing that with older games this year, so. Yeah, I don't think, like, you can't force it. Like, if you want to be a part of those conversations with new games as they come out, you kind of just have to say, well, that's what I'm doing now. Right. Because those do have a limited window, and they've never been more limited than, like, where you have, like, a game of the week, and people talk about that, and then people move on super fast. Like, I already right. feel like I'm behind the curve on Spider-Man. Like, you like, are behind. I feel like everybody's moved off we, of Spider-Man. We're done. We're done. I, I, I'm I'm a loser. Off. You are. Uh, You're all behind. Jeez. So, but, yeah, it's just about, like, making the most of those little little pockets of, of time that you have where you can try something different. Like, remember I played um, Gravity Circuit, like, Oh, Two yeah. weeks ago, where his book, I was like, oh, Mario Wonder's all my, like, I have like five days before Mario Wonder comes yeah. out. What can I squeeze in there? That's true. That's where sites like How Long to Beat are super great, because it's like, I just don't want to find something. I, I, I think I have this many hours. Like, what will work with that? Yeah. Where I can feel like I've, you know, seen something or completed something in that time. I do think next year will be better. I hope so. I think it will. I also want the opportunity to just play my games a little bit longer. Yeah. Like, if I, if I didn't feel the need... And, and want, desire to move on to Alan Wake, for example. Like, I probably spend more time in the Spider-Man universe yeah. to do the Yeah, I have thought that of, like, how will that constant movement from game to game impact how we remember these games in, like, mm -hmm. five or ten years? Yeah. Like, will Spider-Man 2 Feel like stick a with you the yeah. same way some of these games when you had just so much more time to yeah. savor it? It's true. Yeah. I guess we'll see. The only game that was like a savory game for me this year was um, Tears of the Kingdom. Right. Because I played that for like 180 yeah, hours. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I've dedicated that many hours to any other game this year. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Them's the questions. Thanks everybody for sending those in. All right. Should we shout out some of our beautiful superstars? Let's do it. Okay. Aaron Hash. Ben Eichhorn. Maru Mayhem. Eigenverse. Kiss My Flapjack. Mike Chin. Roy Eschke. Switching It Up. Underscore. Zog. VGM Life. Link, the hero of Wins. Angela Bycroft and her pig Molly. Thomas O'Rourke. Kyle LaBeouf. Roberto Nieves. Frederick Ulf Conradson. Andrew Juhas. Chili. Bruce Dash. And Rain Tech. Whoop whoop. Okay. And our wonderful One Up Club members, A. Ron Burgundy. Ale Alejandro. Astro Dev. Awesome 46. Bad Moon Horizon. Ben GB. 
Blue, yellow, gray. Bookum Dano. Bookishly Fab. Brooke Obscura. Cameron. Chelly Squirrel. Christopher Lay. Captain Alex. Crimcat. Sea Roper 17. Dachshund. Doinko. Dolce. Dino Punch. Elite Peach. Espars 50. Farpree 69. Fairbound. Fernie and Jess Forever. Fox Deploy. Garrett Hallfish. Garth the Wolf. Gartooth. G Sun 101. Heroic. Iris Marin. Jay Rando. Jabroni Jones. Jeffrey Hernandez. Jerry 92602. Jesse Hernandez. John Responte. Jonathan Rowe. Jordan Collette. Jordan Hemmerly. Joshua Clements. Juji Fruit. Just Camtro. Justin Clemens. Kawa2796. Keith Kwong. Kevin Delane. Kilo Kibo. Chris Dorati Kid. Christopia Party With Me. Kyle Gamer Barry Rookie. Kyle Kretzer. Linnell Stickman. Lex. Lit. Lunas. Mad Dog5981. Magnificent EZG plus Callie Marie. Marky Man64. Mecha Dragon 101. Megan. Michael Cravens. Mikey. Motomania. Mr. Andy Pong. Mr. Beans and Dip. MSM Poke Gamer. My Tran. Nasir. Nathan Burkhart. Ninja11. Panda Buns. Pangy. Palsy Pace. Paul Gale Network. Prime Factor. Prince Charles. Raver. Ryeth One. Rocks. Oh, oops. Rob Osborne. Rocks. Ryanetta. Sharif Jackson. Sheer Cold Vanilla. Shinryu. Slowbro. Snaddle. Spicy Munchkin. Steel Citron. Sunny Gaduru. Tales of Link. Terra Storm. The Shark Among Men. Thomas Alvarez. Three Rivers. Hoffer Tor Cheeks. Travis Tortoline. Trajawi. Tugs Puppy Bear. Tuscoot. Tyler Geis. Vespas. Video Game Stupid. Viridian. Virtual Bot. Weeb Kingdom. WG Grizzy. Wicked Davy. Will Johnson. Zudiver. Zalgaroth. Zapati. And Zoroid. Nice. I got Zoroid. There was the it's different every week. The different edition. It's all different every week. I love it. I love it. Well, don't forget to subscribe to us on patreon.com slash Krista to help support everything that you see here. If you're watching on video, you can go ahead to subscribe to us on YouTube, this here channel. You can give this video a thumbs up and also leave us a comment or a question. If you are listening on audio, you can also subscribe, give us a five-star rating, and leave a comment if you please. And we're on the socials. We are Kit and Krista on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, and Threads. We'll see you next week in our new digs. Yes. Look forward to it. Bye! Bye.